Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. To call a man transparent is to attack his soul, his very being. It can be received as the ultimate insult. Unless, that is, the man in question is actually, literally see-through. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Shanklin and his olive skin friend, Dave. Good luck, everyone. A bit more. <laughs> Good luck, Tom. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to... This episode, we never know what number it is. This episode of nineteen, I think, mate. Our weekly podcast. Um, I'm David Flatman. I'm Tom Shanklin, and we got a special guest this week, haven't we, Tom? We do. We've got with us ex England captain, ex Leicester Tiger and Bar- Tigers and Bath legend, British and Irish lion, World Cup winner. Um, should have googled you really. How many caps did you get? <laughs> 71. He also scored yeah. two tries <laughs> versus Wales two, Colts no. in 1997. Two tries. He also scored two tries at the end. Yeah. No, you turn your phone off, Moodoff. Oh, sorry, Lewis Moody, by the way, and his phone's going off. Is that right? Two tries versus Wales Colts in 1997? It was, mate, actually, yeah. And he later called up to the Tour of Hell yeah, in 1988. Well. That's that was a good, good start. 1998. Right, is your phone on quiet now, Moodoff? It it's Lewis Moody, everyone. Yeah. Whether anyone here, you get a round of applause. But well, it's Danny Hipkiss. You don't get a call from Danny Hipkiss every day, do you? Well, and I do actually because oh. Danny Jamie, Rob- Jamie Roberts is twin. Yeah, Smaller mini twin. twin. He fit in Jamie's Lego pocket head. though. Lego Ed Hipkiss. He was like the. Isn't he doing your? He's done a load of jobs here for us yeah. and does yeah and. What cleaning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just he just walks the dogs and one of their anal glands needed, so he does that. He's great with that sort of. He's stuff. It's like entourage here, isn't it? Got all your mates. <laughs> do but stuff Danny for did you. load. Of, Danny did a load of work here. Um, with his builder mate and um, he's going to do a load more we're getting him in to do some stuff he's good he's unbelievably organised and efficient aggressively efficient Duncan Bell cooks naked for him. or he, do, he does he will do Sometimes. topless he won't yeah. do naked when I'm here why are, um, the, why are the ex-boys do you employ uh, who does your garden I don't employ <laughs> who does your garden <laughs> just keeps up. keeps him in a job doesn't he it's, I mean, it's he's his a business man of the people man of the people I support his business and he's Digging to this garden. And he's expensive, by the way, but he's he's worth every penny. <coughs> Not the most he, expensive quote, but he was he wasn't far off, but he was worth every penny. Very disciplined. Very, very good, very disciplined human being. Right. Anyway, how you doing, Mudos? Mate, I am I'm lovely. 
You all right? I'm lovely. That's a weird thing to say. No, you are lovely. Yeah. You are. Uh, well, it's lovely to be here, actually, in your new abode, which is quite remarkable, I have to admit. Yeah. We're well, in the, no, We're in the west not. wing of the house. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. We're a, not. It's yeah. The house is a dump at the moment, but one day, one day it'll be a nice house, but I just need to have been a footballer basically that's what I need to have been to actually get Mate, this is done. not far off I'm, I'm I'm very impressed no I'm very stylish um, but, stylish guy but it is genuinely nice to catch up with you boys yeah cause we I don't, say cause, that with some some sincerity yeah I mean it's funny because we uh, we've moved I've obviously as you know you're, li- you're li- sitting in my living room we moved back <laughs> into town a couple of months ago but we lived about five minutes from you and yeah. we just we caught up all the time didn't we yeah hardly I mean, just yeah, pop around hardly for walks ever. and stuff but we just basically didn't see each other because you're all yeah. over the place all the time and I'd drive past your house all the time and your car was never outside it mm. you know because you're always off somewhere and yeah Mrs Nicked it most yeah, of the time yeah Mrs it and you just didn't see each other so it's, you know it's That's funny you how you do in. that isn't it That's like, mate, that is life though isn't it you see all the, you think all the boys we used to play with and the number of them well, maybe it's just me, actually. Maybe it's just me that doesn't see anyone in your boy. You're like, oh, we had a great catch-up the other week. Oh, awesome party. But life life, life moves on, doesn't you it? You get new mates, don't you? You get, like, you know, dads from school you go to the gym with and stuff, don't you? <laughs> oh, oh, mate. Mudos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, He's a very strong human being, the lad I went to the gym School with. School friends. Time. Yeah, you've got to make some, haven't you? You do, I mean, yeah. You can't do. just sit at home with a dog no. all day. Mates, M.O.R.s, like mates outside rugby. Yeah. So you went to the gym last night <coughs> with the dads from school? I did, yeah. Just racked, racked up the bench. You know, 50 kilos. Going, uh, the Judy Dench, heavy. we Whoa. call it. The Judy <laughs> Dench, mate. It was brutal. It's embarrassing these days, isn't it? Like, used to be able to... Well, when I say used to be able to smash the bench, that was that was never strictly <laughs> true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we did we did a strip set on fifty kg, so we essentially had a five and a ten kg on each side, and then stripped it down to the bar. And I was doing like seven reps on the bar at the end, which and you know we got a gym full of beautiful physiques across the board, and there's some skinny ex rugby international trying to. Trying you play for England, plan. mate. That's mate, you should be better than that. I'm all about running. Cup winner. All about running. You like the running, mate. don't you? I, think, I, do I think it was like Tom Biggs that said, "You know, <clears throat> shit goes on in life, but 100k bench is still a 100k bench." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we did all these different physiques and stuff, and you guys were obviously, you know, just better specimens than I was. Hence, the more caps and whatever and all that. But you know, you've got Mudos. You, I remember doing like the bike ride with you, and we both turned up having done almost no bike riding. John O'Groats to Land's mm. End, and you obviously found it difficult, but you basically pissed it. But I found it so difficult that I thought I was going to die on an hourly basis. I thought this might actually be where I perish. Mate, w- watching you was motivation in itself. Seeing, yeah. seeing your ass swallow that seat up was just... <laughs> I mean, it, it literally looked like you were sat on the stump of the, yeah. of the bike seat. But, mate, it, in, in all fairness, like seeing you and Gruy do that, I mean, I was probably... I was probably 15 and a half stone at the time. You boys were probably 20, 20 odd stone. I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous. Like, Gruy snapped his chassis, the wheels, pretty yeah. much everything. Literally the snapped bike. his bike. Yeah. He as he went. There's a sport you're not built for. <clears throat> it's no. cycling. I mean, go, you, wait, you should do swimming, mate, because, you know, you're weightless in the water then, aren't you? Yes, you, did, you, didn't, you didn't have any issues, though, did you? I had a, I had a uh, flipping infected um, like cyst. Where? On the bottom of my... Uh, like oh boy, just, just in did between you? the yeah, oh. in between the the balls and did the, you what from the saddle saw? Yeah, just sitting like grinding. Yeah, it's like grinding. Well, I, tell you what, I, had, I had no. I mean, you have I'd, to I'd get your phone was... out to take a picture. To have a, to <laughs> yeah, to actually show, see it. it. The worst bit we had to. So it must have been. Oh, I don't know what. How long did it take us? Nine days. Like day seven, I was like, oh, this is brutally uncomfortable. Especially yeah. trying getting those clips in the morning. You know, you get into the cleats and yeah. yeah. And you slip and you miss it and you just grind your nutsack right into the saddle. <laughs> yeah. and it was absolute <laughs> agony. Yeah. It was so painful. Like, yeah, 13 uh, hours to go. It literally got to the, <laughs> it got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't sit on the saddle and I had to go see the, 
the nurse at one of the pull-ins and literally they had like a, a white van which was the, yeah, which yeah. was her like <coughs> physio area yeah, and they had yeah. to just pull, pull the kegs down and, and get, me nuts. And get the I, old I remember, and berries out yeah, put your legs over your head <laughs> <laughs> Legs, my ears are Mate, cold. It was, Warm free, up with it was freezing as well. Oh. It was freezing. I was in your most vulnerable position. But I, I remember the day, the night we finished. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a whole other conversation. We've probably had it on the pub before, but I was just completely broken at mm. the end. Got to Land's End, and you lot were already in the pub at Land because having a pint because I was obviously a few minutes behind you. And Alex <laughs> was like, "Do you want to go for a pint?" I was like, "Absolutely not. Get me out of here now. I don't want to see anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm dead." Went back to the hotel and sat on my bed, took all my kit off, sat on the bed. I literally walked into the hotel still wearing my special shoes, like cycling shoes. I couldn't even change my shoes. Got undressed. Alex put the shout up, ran a bath or whatever. And I was just sitting on the bed, just sitting like slumped. And she's like, I help you up. And she helped me up and started screaming. And underneath where I was sitting was just this whole, all the white sheets were just red with blood. Like it was just, everything was oh, just like shredded. Yes. I thought like you passed out or something. <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> everything was shredded. Yeah. And, like, I was doing, you know, little boy wee-wees and like missing yeah. blood and it's like not no one, good No one all. tells you about the numbness that happens either, Weeks afterwards the, and completely yeah. numb. Yeah. I mean, quite good fun it. actually. <laughs> you know, like feels like someone else is doing it. <clears throat> it feels like someone else is... Yeah, no, they don't told want me to that beforehand. Mate, also, just a note: never stick compede in those areas either. The nurse stuck a compede on my, did she? <clears throat> on the undercarriage. Oh, mate, getting that off was. Oh no! It was like five hours in the yeah. bath, and there was still no, there was still no give to it. Sudocrem, it's like, like Sudocrem's your best friend, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but there's, no, there's nothing, there's nothing no. that solves it. On no, those. but you do quite a lot of challenge. We'll talk about what you're up to these days in a minute. But you yeah. do, um, you do challenges, don't you? You do crazy stuff. So what have you done since you stopped playing these polar adventures? <clears throat> um, what have we done? I've done quite a few now. So we started probably with that bike ride that, that I did with you and uh, Gruy. So it was Land's End to John O'Groats. Um, did an ultramarathon. Well, attempted an ultramarathon in... Actually, it probably would have been a couple of months after that. Yeah. When you Arctic. say attempt, you didn't... You, 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 jo- you Josh lucy did it, did you? I, I fully joshed it. <laughs> I mate, yeah. I mean, I... Uh, did you I, frostbite or something? Yeah, frostbite in my finger. I had no I had no concept of, <clears throat> like, frostbite or whatever. I just thought, well, yeah, how, I, difficult, how difficult can it be? It's going to be cold. I'll get on with it. And uh, three days in, so it's, we, do, we were doing 300 miles. You had, like, 12 days to, to complete. You have to reach certain checkpoints. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was brutal. You take your own gear, you know, totally self-sufficient, I absolutely loved it you know testing yourself being out of your comfort yeah. zone just like just like being back playing and I did it with a 50 year old you know businessman and uh, and a mate of mine who's a polar explorer which was quite handy um, but yeah essentially just woke up one morning about 3 so 3am because you have to get up early to make sure you get the mileage in and uh, and I was helping one of the other guys with his kit and took my gloves off and when I was a kid I sort of cut through the nerve in one of my fingers and two minutes two minutes of having my hands out in the cold and that was it no three, way three, hour, three hours into it I was like fingers a bit weird and I took my glove off and it had gone like white solid white and uh, I went to Al thinking you know it's not, not the best he was like yeah mate that's that's frostbite there that's frostbite he said you might be lucky you might be frost nipped so if you can warm it up yeah it'll be, it, it might go away so I spent like five hours of the most painful sort of arm swinging warming up process and uh, when I took it off I was like eventually the pain stopped took it off I was like thank god for that it was just a massive bubble on the end of my finger no. and at that point you either sort of you either you either well because it was a race they were I couldn't continue so they pulled me out but if you could keep it hidden then in theory you could carry on but you risk if it gets cold again you risk 
yeah you know, ran off fines in yeah yeah the end of your finger but so mate i always look at that as a bit of a successful failure because we then went on and did the north pole a couple of years later which meant i had a better understanding of what my yeah. body was capable of what frostbite is definitely don't get the todger out for, <laughs> yeah. for more than two minutes can't afford yeah. to lose any more inches but um, <laughs> we did that um and then did vietnam and cambodia so we did a thousand miles across vietnam and cambodia on the bike after having so i retired oh, the bike yeah, after yeah, 2012 yeah. got it out was that 2002 years ago 2016 so we did that um cycled around the alps we went up to base camp everest um just did the coast to coast across costa rica yeah. So the kayak, bike, trek. How, how long is that? that? that was amazing. How far is that? It's not far at all. It's only 400 kilometers, but it's like, it's all jungle. So speak to me miles. Slow miles. Uh, 250 miles. Something like that. Yeah. So mile it, like it's really low. And when you think about it, and I always underprepare for these things, like 250 miles. How long yeah, is that? whatever. But <clears throat> it took us, so we did, we did, we did one day, which was like 12 miles. So not far, half marathon. Yeah. Shouldn't take you long took 14 hours to get oh Jesus. because you're going through like the jungle so you got a dude out front you got a little uh um <clears throat> you got a little tribesman out front with a machete sort of wading through the jungle and we're just yeah. like happily following we got 20 so we took 20 people so we're gonna get attacked he's the first one to go yeah mate definitely yeah. but we'll there's this hungry. other there was this other dude that we had with us who was um and it was i can never remember whether it's a naturist or a naturalist not the one that's naked but the other one yeah and, and he uh, yeah one of them yeah. naturist no nature bloke yeah, he loves it. Uh, literally, he'd wander around on the track, tarantula, pick up a tarantula. No. He'd be going, look at the teeth on it, and he'd stick something in its mouth. The bullet ants, these little beautiful... Any, essentially, in the jungle, if anything's pretty, yeah. it's deadly. He's oh, like, really? He's like, look at this, it's beautiful. Oh, that's stinging, <laughs> that's stinging. I was like, should you be holding it then? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, it was, it was amazing. Oh. Like, one, of, one of the best experiences. So I've been lucky, and I've been, I've been able to do that all for the, for the foundation. So we set up Lewis Moody Foundation. Yeah, so, yeah how's, so how's that going? <clears throat> Amazing. So we'll we'll break the million million raised this year. Hopefully. Awesome. Oh. So it's been, uh, mate. It's like anything. I don't know. I don't know what you boys are like. When you finish, <clears throat> you don't know what you're going to do. So you try things, don't you? And and we we set up the foundation because we lost a young lad who's 16. He's a, from Sheffield, rugby player, really talented kid, and uh, and it just spurned me and Annie to to want to do something. And actually having that focus of the of the foundation we're having no idea what we were doing when we set it up we're like how hard can it be again so yeah. sort of approach like doing get some stationery don't you and then you're done <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah get some pads. and uh, uh, but you know four years four and a half years down the line now we've learned every year we've learned something we've we've got a little team of people that um, that are incredible that, that really do all the work and do you do now. big challenges every year or? so we do one one challenge every year next year's so the final ones we've done so we called it the so essentially we've done north south east and West, we've done north, east, and west, and we'll finish with south this year. And have a, a company called Wyco that essentially help support yeah. what we do. But South Pole will be two weeks on the ice. That'll be. A, do, you have, do you have a website well, for awesome. people if they want to get involved? Yeah, or? it's the Lewis Moody Foundation. So dot, go to dot com. Dot com. Perfect. backslash forward slash. And then delete web history. Boat, yacht. Yeah. Types. Yeah, so yacht people. company. Yacht yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great, mate. They're absolutely apparently, apparently great fellas, actually, because uh, Gruy knows them as well, doesn't he? Does, he does, yeah. yeah. So, so, so we took Gruy and Josh to do the North Pole. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And the Waiko boys, you know, essentially funded that trip. So they're right, yeah. they're adventurous dudes. You know, Charlie, who's you've got Charlie and Gary. Gary's, you know, they're both the they're both around the company. Gary's yeah. uh, straight as they come, ships captain. You know, moisturising. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where's the paper? Sounds like me. Cigar. In the morning smoking jacket charlie is absolutely bonkers 
you know but um but they work really well together and they just love an adventure so taking those two yeah. boys out and it's actually the the best bit was was living in the tent with them so you get to know them you know never never really know someone until you spend a bit of time with them like that and three of us in a tent so and if bell end it's awkward <laughs> it's brutally awkward <laughs> i remember yeah, um, that i was probably the bell end sadly it was like <laughs> I, said, I just yeah. never got have, you, have you stayed in a tent <laughs> have you ever stayed in a tent that bike ride, we stayed in a tent every night. Did you? Yeah. What, so you, you weren't travel lodging or... No, I stayed in a tent on the frigging floor, mate. Oh. Every night. Stayed in a little single I stayed in one one. I did pod. a cycle before and I stayed in one. And when you're not used to cycling, you're, like, you're obviously moving your muscles, aren't you? Different muscles, they start to ache. And I remember after the first day of cycling, we were staying in a tent, I needed a wee in the middle of the night. And we was in Yosemite, so there's loads of bears, so I didn't really want to go walk into the toilet. So I just tried to lean outside the front of the tent to do a wee and I got real bad cramp in my hamstring <laughs> as I was doing it just went all over me just pissed all over oh, myself there's a joke coming there yeah, no. just pissed on yeah. myself yeah um, and Wait, that's my experience of living in a tent when you're in a tent that stuff's awkward isn't it one of the lads we it is it's horrible one of the, one of the lads we had to sleep next to for, for the nine days he had this like hoop routine and you sort of live in condensed and it's minus 40 outside so you do all your cooking everything in a tent there and uh, you're washing everything. There's no showers, whatever. Mm. Um, so one of the boys had this thing called his hoop routine. So every night <laughs> he'd, uh, he'd paint a picture, hopefully with that. But so we'd have we'd be having food, and 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 the captain would be be next to us from uh, from Waiko, and we'd be having the hot chocolates, getting the food ready, all at the bottom of the tent. And the next thing you know, you lean over, and uh, and one of my tent companions was going through his hoop routine, which meant sort of stripping off and uh, getting the wet wipes out. And uh, and cleansing himself in the in the middle of the tent whilst we're eating our food, we're like, yeah, bro, what are you doing? Bro. What are you doing? It's like nonchalant, happy as Larry, as if it's just the most normal thing in the world. And uh, we're both like, he's then throwing, you know, the, the used loo roll out the out the tent essentially. And in the morning, everyone has a job, don't they? So the other the other companion in the tent had to go cleaning the uh, yeah cleaning the sort of the end of the tent out, only to realise when he. When he was picking the stuff up, and it gets cold, doesn't it? And it was like frozen to the end of his glove. He realised it was Al's hoop paper. He was like, <laughs> "Get it off! Get it off!" Oh, that was me. I always think on those, but those, amazing. You get quite comfortable with people. You have to, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Really? But I always think of those um, trips. Like I often think about the best bits of being the tent. The tough bits are obviously you trekking and walking and pulling all your gear and all that sort of stuff. But I, the the thing that fills me oh. with would fill me with nerves is knowing that you are in a situation where you have to keep moving and certain things have to happen constantly in a certain order and that sort of stuff and the relentlessness of it you can get your head around because you're only there for a number of days or weeks or whatever so it's not for the rest of your life but you you don't want to be that guy that holds people up that's what would make me nervous and I know that just I'm just not physically gifted at all unless you need something lifting off the floor so I would be the guy (laughs) holding people up that's what like the the bike ride didn't matter because you could just piss off and I'd just get in later and miss the afternoon but the beauty of the beauty of our challenges is that it's never a race so you know I get Uh, that it's a race but it's only ever about getting everyone to the end because what you're you're sort of like number 25 from SAS who dares yeah 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 yeah, yeah. who dares wins well no on the face of it (laughs) you're still in it you're still in it the slowest mentally weak but he will finish in the end yeah do you watch SAS Who Dares Wins I haven't actually no. Mudos it no. is the you know like all, all these all these shows are the same it's like we're going to beast people and it's, it's essentially reality TV isn't it yeah but That's this one is. SAS Who Dares Wins honestly Mudos is the I'm going to say this now is it Foxy is it yeah Foxy, Foxy yeah, yeah. yeah you know because you know through maybe Bremont yeah. stuff you might say yeah. the top bloke but 
It is the best program on British television at the moment. It is, and they got three series to go mm. to look back on. Are and they catch sponsoring up. this? Are they? No, 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 no. no. no they're not. It's not as good as uh, Channel Five View Premiership highlights. Um, midnight through till four. I will, I'll watch that. I will watch it's that. So later. you would love it, Moodos, because yeah. they don't. They're not just knobs and they're not just aggressive. Yeah, they're good fellas, but they push people really hard. They're good fellas. They're harsh with them, but they're good guys. And I always, I always love the idea of doing something like that. But yeah. the thought of being on a reality they, TV program. But they've yeah, got. But it's, it's not. It's not like that though you would no. just be getting on with the drills yeah and i honestly think they should do whether you call it i was thinking this last night because i was watching reruns of it and i was thinking they should do a if you call it celebrity or whatever they should do it and they should get guys from different sports and i was honestly thinking i was thinking guy mercer from bath rugby but he, no one would know who he was mm. outside but he's just he's just a tough bastard who would carry mm. on there's loads of those around but i was thinking mm. you would be perfect because people know your stuff and you give you give you six months to train for it but get yourself in the shape you want to oh, be in. Mate, you would love it, Mudos. I'd probably pull a calf in the first few <laughs> yeah. seconds. Stretch a medic. Yeah. Yeah. Dislocate your There's shoulder. There's a few of them. <laughs> yeah. have a guy like patella tendonitis, didn't he? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah they obviously pick a, a random bunch because some give up like after one day of beasting. They just walk out. Give them You'd number. enjoy that, Shanks, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. No, no, no. no. Right. Mudos, um, we did a marine. We did a military camp no we talk, we talk about this nearly every episode <laughs> how to say and these guys they basically remember Mark Bennett who worked with Mike Floyd yeah, he was like yeah, a, yeah. they called Mindset Evolution or something but they basically got us in for seven days when we were at Sarri's and beasted us sleep deprivation everyone's done those camps but we did one for seven days and seven nights and it was genuinely horrific like even Hilly still talks about it as the mm. worst thing he ever did it was horrific like no fun just brutal no sleep horrendous and they did this thing on the last day and it was like, right, this is the ultimate test. We're basically going to push you to the limit and at some point you're going to fold. Mm. And it's just how quickly your body language and as soon as your body language looks weak, we're pulling you out even if you haven't folded. So, you know, you need to be tough because, yeah. you know, and basically they pulled Shanks out after about 15 seconds. And then his individual report was Shanks will never be a team player. He's <laughs> yeah. mentally weak. His body language is terrible. He will never make it. Yeah, it's because... It- <laughs> Because us at Saracens, like seventy caps. Oh. With me, they were like, "Flat's got a great attitude. He's going to get a million caps." Carl Cardiff toughened me up a bit. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. yeah. Didn't Jerry? Didn't Jerry have one of those with England? Jerry's yeah, would have been terrible as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah there not we are. Interested. He had something like that. There Just we are. Not interested. <coughs> so, great um, players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lions World's legends. Best. Yeah, something like that. So these days, the foundation takes up a huge amount of time does it is that the, is that kind of if someone said what do you do now yeah i always think it's a tricky question for us a lot unless you've got a nine to five because it's different stuff yeah. but what do you do these days um so the foundation certainly when i first retired the foundation took up a huge amount of our time but we've now got it to a point you know fantastically where we've got a small team so actually a lot of the work that needs admin and it's an actual skill set us. is not, <laughs> is not <laughs> PowerPoint is no. pushed towards someone that's uh, that's capable of that not when me. they need someone to tackle something with their face yeah you oh, absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but so so we do I don't know it's probably 30% of my time's on that now um, we set up a company about three years ago called Mad Dog Sport yeah beautifully named but so we put sixth form rugby programs into state schools as well okay. not, as, not as elite pathways but as a way of retaining kids into sixth form education so government drive and the RFU about keeping kids into that 16, 24 age group that yeah. drop out and then trying to keep them the age group isn't it? It's a yeah. question for yeah. you how does, a, how does a it's my question um, yeah. how does um, a name of Lewis Walton Moody get from Bracknell get nicknamed Mad Dog 
Why Walton as well? Why Walton as well? I actually had a few other nicknames when I was a kid, and obviously with Walton. Was your mum and yeah. dad fan of the Waltons? They loved it. Couldn't call you John Boy. John Boy, so Mary Lou. <laughs> Mate, that was, that was every bloody nickname I had when I was at school. So I was that parents probably Judas me there. But yeah. it turned out I was named after my great granddad when uh, when I found out, and he was. Yeah. It, this probably won't interest you at all, but I'm a, I'm a World War One Norse. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, I love the war. I probably yeah. know more about you love World the war. war two. Yeah, love war. <laughs> Get me out there. It's just beautiful. I prefer two. Yeah. <laughs> I love finding I out about the cold them. one. I love. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer the one on terror. Yeah. Oh, the one in the sea. That's yeah. Anyway, your one. granddad. Also love yeah. peace. Um, yeah, but so um, yeah, it turned out I was so I was named after him, and he was he was a part of the British Expeditionary Force. This is proper boring. No, it's good. I, so I, they I, went, they I went in it. 1914, so he, was a, so he was a regular soldier. He was a part of the first Allied um, group that met the Germans in 1914. So, wow. So when I learned that, I was I was a little bit more happy about the Walton bit of the name. But yeah, that's yeah. Up until that point. Because every, everyone knows off. about World War Two, and, you know, obviously why <clears throat> we went to war, but not many people know about why we went to war in World War One. No. It was to do with some, it was to do with an assassination of someone. Um, it was. Who? Yeah. I can't, it was. It was Franz Ferdinand. Yeah. <laughs> Ferdinand is in Franz Ferdinand, not the band. Oh, right. Is it Archduke yeah, Franz was, Ferdinand? Yeah, that's right. And is there a line? Is there a gap? No, 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 no. Exactly, no. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, War, anyway, what is it good <laughs> yeah. for? I, I remember Mudos years ago, I was reading this book and you said, what's that book? And it was called, it was called something like The Long Silence, but it was about the period where, I think it was post-World War One, where um, basically the the British public took a huge amount of time to recover because they lost a generation of men, mm. you know, and they lost a generation of workers and fathers and husbands and sons and all that stuff. And it's this fascinating book. And I remember you saying, I would love to read that. And I was like, yeah, of course you would. Mm. And you were like, I would love to read that. And I remember finishing it on a plane and saying, I'll give this to Mudos. We're on a team trip. I'll give this to Mudos when we get off the plane. And I left it on the plane all accidentally oh, no. all those years ago. Mm. Yeah. So I often, often, once a year, I probably see you or once a month, I'll see you tweet something or in whatever it is, and I'll yeah. think I must order that book on Amazon and give it to you. Oh, mate, that's and I, I haven't done it, but I will do it. Yeah, I will yeah, do. do. It. I would like. I would love that. <laughs> really I good. actually, I got to do something really cool last two weeks ago. I went to France, so it's sort of a pilgrimage thing. But one of my like roles with the RFU is their Great War uh, Ambassador. Oh, so cool. I get to, I got to go and um, do a route around France and Belgium. Sort of commemorating every England international that died during the war, so it was 22 wow. commemorated in France and Belgium, amazing. 27 in total. For me, it, was, it is amazing to do. I mean, it's so 100 years ago now, and it seems you know, it, it just doesn't seem that long ago. But when you say 100 years, it is it's a long time it's three long generations, time. four generations. But when you're there and you see him and, you, and you've got the stories, and there's this one bloke, um, oh, um, Finn Latter Todd, and there's a great picture, you know, he's got proper curly moustache, yeah, Trilby bright purple green and ridiculous coloured shirt and, yeah. and in his in his little synopsis it was it was a lion who only had like two England caps I think um, but it had <laughs> the captain on the on the tour so not not Todd but his captain decided they had to get strict with the players and confine Todd to only four champagnes pre-game <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that he could perform a, yeah. was he playing bar bars oh he? mate it was amazing but you know <laughs> yeah. you, you build an image like that Ian don't Bolshaw you? did you say Todd yeah. Bolshaw <laughs> but mate it was it was, it was, it was you know, I bet I, mate like, especially like the manner in which they fought as well like mm. in the trenches because oh, I mean, <clears throat> they, they are they're ultimately I mean this is we're going to sound really based now but these what you're talking about is it's like a long time ago and it's you kind of and for a lot of people it's forgotten and mm. a lot of people didn't know about it but 
it, I don't know enough about it, but it's it's so significant that it's literally responsible for these lovely lives we live today. And these are lads <coughs> like us yeah. walking into shitty, muddy fields with bugger all equipment, no computers or radar, you know, not much yeah. communication. They've got a gun and a knife, whatever it was, and they are literally fighting people with guns. Yeah. It's like, and the, rug- the rugby boys were the first to sign up as well, like all of them en masse, like 1914 England side, they all signed up. Tough bastards, like, yeah, mate. Yeah, but they all signed up. There was a great story about, oh, I go I'll go on for ages, so this is probably the last thing you want in your podcast. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. He pressed that pause about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> he edited, edited, <laughs> ed- it's all gone. But there were two of them called, uh, well, just, a, give us a, <coughs> just give us a couple of seconds. Go. <laughs> I can always cut it out then. So there's a guy, like, great name. I remember it was a name, like Lancelot Noel Slowcock. I mean, genius. <laughs> I mean, it sticks, in the, it sticks in the memory, right? But I'm like, that is a great name. So anyway, looking at this story, there's another guy called Jack King. Um, but both, both England internationals, uh, different regiments. One decides he's at home doing nothing, essentially wants to be out on the front with the rest of them, meets this English, his English teammate, Slowcock. And he says, look, we're going off. Why don't you transfer? So he transfers to the Liverpool Scottish Regiment and they all go off to, to the Somme and essentially him. So King and Slowcock die in the same battle on the same day attacking uh, is it Guillemot Farm. So never the graves, graves unknown. So they commemorate yeah. the Farm Memorial. But you just think, I, I always have that. Maybe it's a romantic vision, but the guys like that, you know, when you go out onto the rugby pitch, there's always... The, I enjoy, I enjoy the yeah. game. The thing I miss is that you can't, I can't like run around and like, I can't jump in front of, you know, a steam train or to help people mate. in yeah, same yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a disagreement, you can't, you know, bop them on the nose anymore, or slam them through a table or send them an email first. And then <laughs> the, it's just, it's just changed, isn't it? That, that sort of camaraderie that, but you can understand why they went out together. But to think that they sort of both died in that same battle, you can almost, I get that sort of image of them going over the top together you know, yep. sort of charging. Yeah. But anyway. It's you that know. brotherhood, isn't it? And it's it is a it's amplified in war, of course <coughs> it is, but it's what yeah. rugby players love mainly. Yeah. And you, you'll get it whenever you walk anywhere and someone recognises you, one in three people who say hello will ask you if you miss it. And what, you know, because it's funny you're here because we get, everyone gets asked that all the time. My answer is always, shit, no, God, absolutely not. Because for whatever reason, I don't miss it. I loved it when I did it, but I got hurt a lot and... I don't miss the pressure of knowing I was about to play with injuries and I wasn't good enough anymore and that sort of stuff. But I always say there's only one player, and I don't know this for sure, I always say there's only one player I reckon might miss it, and that's you, that's Mudos, because you just used to love, just used to love, I love slamming around, but not mm. to the same point that you no, did. I, do. I miss it every day, actually. And yeah, I think I spent probably the first three or four years just totally denying the fact that I missed it to try and like blank it out. Yeah. But like it's only, it sort of creeps up on you. It's only the last few years. I've, I do, just... do you dream about it a lot? I dream about rugby all the time. Do you? Like, do you? I've, like stuff like forget my gum shield or... <laughs> No, honestly, like being late yeah. for a meeting, yeah, things like that. Oh, God. I, I dream about oh, it all God. the time, like in game, uh, yeah. like being in games <clears> and stuff. And then, yeah, I literally never dream about it. Bizarrely, really, I think about it. Oh, all the time. Do you? I yeah. played touch for the first time um, for a while yesterday. Oh, got, got that camaraderie back. <laughs> my brothers um, oh, I loved it I loved it you sent me a picture last night with ice on your knee I loved <laughs> it I loved it it was so much fun because I, I don't do stuff like that yeah and when you finish a game like and you, do, you just don't touch a ball yeah. for ages and ages as soon as you go back to it you actually you do start to enjoy it and you really enjoyed the touch did you there's no con- I mean I was, I was fucking I was no, really I, I, good I've had, a, I've had a few games actually this year this well, last year with touch it is, it is good fun I was like nothing, nothing, nothing compares does it to like properly I was like Owen Farrell no. like taking the ball really flat yeah and nice. like 
putting people through holes. Yeah. And then I was, then Are I was you like, saying you were really good? And I was like Josh Adams then on like an outside break, got around an out, outside of the 50-year-old, uh, yeah. outside break, and then <laughs> put, put my winger Bryn away. Put the put Bryn away. <laughs> put the filthy feet on the old fella, then put went, Bryn away. Went around Arthur and put Bryn away. Are you, um, say, are you saying you can still do a job? Yeah. Oh, God. Put me up with a crane like that and drop me in the principality. I'll do a job for you. Man, I, love, I, love, <laughs> I love those games. Have you boys played any game? Any like proper games? I did a game. I played in Gareth Steenson's testimonial at Sandy yeah. Park in front of 9,000 people in a wow. size medium jersey, <laughs> which is a stitch up. Me and Adam Black, Blackie Boot both you. have mediums. Twats. Yeah. But I must say, like the, it's just my, I didn't hurt my Achilles when I was playing. My Achilles, genuinely, the last few weeks, it started to feel better. But that's since August. Mm. So it's taken that long and it just hurt for months. And so I got an email from the old Classic Lions yesterday and I said, I'm not playing any of the games anymore. I can't play anymore. But I must say, I loved... It was it was no scrum, uncontested scrums and no jackaling at the breakdown to protect your neck and shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it was full on. So what do you do then? And we just, yeah, no, <laughs> you ch- Chase you, the ball. You sledge. It was yeah. full on. Yeah, yeah, standard. Hey. I'm guard. Um, but yeah, but it was but full on tackling and yeah. ball carrying and stuff. And oh, like, a lot of the Chiefs first team lads played like Jack Noel played and Ben Moon and that played and it was it was full on smashing each yeah. other and it was oh, See, I wouldn't like that. I, I don't want to tackle. I'm the oh, sort I love of person it. that everyone hates in those games as well because I can't not be super keen. You're the like, sort of person everyone hated in pro games yeah, and in pro then, training. Point, yeah. Um and you said you played touch just now and I I got told that about a year ago that you were training up at Bradford and Avon Rugby Club and you were smashing people on a Tuesday night. Is that true? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Some young pup Mate, thinks they, he's the man getting there. They had to be taught. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it was about four years ago and I was I went up there because my brother-in-law wanted to play so I went up, took him up to join in training and they sort of coerced, not coerced me, they asked me if I wanted to do some coaching. You already, you already had your boots on. You're, yeah. yeah. And I, mate, I, do you know what? It was wicked. I loved it. And I learned a huge amount about myself and coaching up there and actually how not to do it because, you know, you, you have this vision of how you were taught yeah. and that that will work. And, you know, you, I, I definitely did it all wrong. But I, there were times when we were doing a couple of sessions and the boys weren't quite getting it. Is that when like the the ten was trying to kick the ball out and you were charging down on this like stationary <laughs> do leg? Target the planted <laughs> do it like that. Do it like this. <laughs> Target the planted knee. <clears throat> right. Oh. Target the medial. <laughs> yeah. So no, I was definitely a bad example for them, but it was a lot of fun, and I I did play. I said to him, look, if I'll if um if they reached a certain target during the year, I'll, I'll play during the last game, which I stuck true to. The boys, the boys were awesome up at Bradford. I have to admit, it's like any club, though, isn't it? You know, yeah, they're all community great lads. game. They're yeah, all good yeah. lads. They do it for the right reasons. They love the game. Um, so I came on. So I said I would play twenty minutes the last game, <clears throat> and there was an injury, so I came on a little bit earlier. I thought if I do ten minutes at like just after the first, the, into the second half, then I'll come off and I'll do ten minutes at the end, sort of thing. Yeah. So came on. And couldn't go off within 45 <laughs> seconds. I was simbined. <laughs> <laughs> within 45 seconds, it was probably the best turnover For what? I've ever. Done oh. oh, really? It was a technicality. I was. I, think I was a deliberate knock on or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Verbal abuse tackle. of the officials. But it, it, it was worse because it was. It was. It was a. It was just a technicality, and it was. It was a brilliant turnover. But the ref had warned the boys apparently prior to this about ten times about. Leaving the ball. Alone. Okay. So, yeah. I, so I got his wrath. I was. Let's just say I wasn't very happy. Um, I tried. <laughs> I tried to keep my cool. Um, I went off, <clears throat> and when I came back on again, the next play that I was involved in was a kickoff. 
Oh and no! So literally, oh no! Went, the worst, the I worst went, guy. To <laughs> I went hell for leather. <laughs> I went hell for leather, and the bloke called mine, and I must have hit him about five minutes before the ball landed. And in all fairness, I definitely should have been sent. It wasn't. It wasn't because I was intending to hit him before the ball out. I just completely timed it, and I was, I was raging still from being sent off. And uh, yeah, so that was sort of my second retirement, basically. After that, I just uh, yeah, realised I'm the a game. Bit at Farley House with Bath and. <coughs> We'll talk about Tigers in a minute and we'll move into Bath a little bit. But I remember training on the 3G up there and, you know, we're quite, Farley House was quite new then and whatever. And you'd been injured for a bit and I think your mm. shoulder was knackered, which ultimately mm. was at the ultimately mm. what ended yeah, you. Was, yeah. And you came back out to train with us. You hadn't been out for ages and we were dicking around and introducing ourselves and saying, hi, you know, this is Andy Beattie. And Beast was like, <laughs> my name's Andy. You're like, hello, welcome back. And we're doing like non-contact and you've even got <laughs> bib on. Or it's grip or whatever it was, mm. which doesn't mean anything. But you've got a oh. bib on, which is no one hit Mudos. It's like a green bib or whatever, <laughs> or a yellow bib. No contact, don't hit Mudos. And then Beast like gets this ball, went, goes to catch it and give it. And you just absolutely fucking lance him. Mm. You just like nail this massive yeah. bloke. And I was like, and we were standing over you. We're like, Mudos, that's why you're injured, mate. Like, <coughs> just, yeah, mate. just have one day, but yeah. you couldn't. And that's the point. No, that's yeah. Really, that's why you got 71 caps. It wasn't because you were... You know, the most skillful. Well, no, but you had you had a load of skill, but it, you weren't there for your finesse, were you? No. There because you were, you just fucking loved mm. smashing people who played for the other team. Basically, yeah. you know? I wish I wish I, I wish I could have reined back in training like that because one of my biggest regrets is actually so when I came to Bath was all I wanted to really do was have a couple of really nice seasons playing club rugby and actually yeah. away from the internationals. And I know yeah. the first year was was you had the World Cup and Six Nations and stuff, which took me away. And I had to think a knee injury and an eye injury, you know, standard. Yeah. Um, and then after the World Cup, I was like, right, retire. Just focus on Bath. I've got two and a half years left. Play some good rugby. Hopefully have an impact there. And literally the first game back, i trying to tap tackle Classy's brother, Michael Classen's brother. Eric Classen's, playing yeah. Fullback yeah. for Worcester. A tap tackle of all things. You know, you know obviously you said Yeah, it. terrible for shoulders though. Mate. And yeah, yeah. And that that was it. I was done. I was always bitterly disappointed that I couldn't have done more at Bath and have more of an impact. So I think I only played like eighteen games, you know. And and when you move, I don't, you you obviously moved clubs yeah. from Saris to desperate, Bath. Did you, did you change? You changed four. Shanks went, you Shanks got went thirty-four Saris. games for Bath. Quan two definitely wasn't that. No, it's not true. It was cool. nineteen. Right. But you went you went Saris <coughs> to Cardiff, didn't you? And yeah. But you, you, when you arrive at a new club, you just desperately want to make... Yeah. If you're going to get injured, which you are, you want yeah. to have got a load of credit in the bank first, basically. Yeah, that's you? it, yeah. yeah. So, mate, so if I could look back on anything in my career, I'd say I wish I could have reined it back in in the training towards the latter stages because... Yeah, but... But then I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been me and, and I wouldn't have enjoyed it. But, but that's, you know, in hindsight, you've got, you've got some, some reflections, haven't you? But you mate, so when you, when you think... Let's go back to Leicester Tigers a bit. Um, no. Okay, so let's break. move on. Eh? You want to have a break, do you? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, Mudos, let's talk about Leicester Tigers. You were there for a long time. You won loads and loads and loads of stuff. When you look back on your time there, do you have individual games or memories or people that sort of stand out? Because I just remember John Connolly, the old Aussie boss, who was our DOR at Bath for a while, yeah. and an absolute legend, saying when you finish your career, it's just one big blur, except for your best mates your biggest wins and your biggest losses, the mm. rest is a blur. So when you think back of all your years at Leicester, how do you feel about those? Um, mate, I, I loved I loved playing at Leicester. Um, you know, leaving the game is quite hard, but there's always always characters. You know, things that you remember, bizarrely, one was about Dan Hipkiss. I remember his first game coming in as an 18-year-old. He's dead nervous, really shy, super shy, and uh, and Austin was in the team. And obviously Austin's probably not the greatest motivator of, uh, of young new, uh, new, new players <laughs> coming through. Imagine. But, but Dan, you know, Dan had a huge amount of admiration for, for most of those senior players. And I remember him coming in and, and Austin wandering over to him, sat next to him in that first game and goes, all right, Dan, you nervous? Dan was like, yep, yeah, I am nervous. Austin's reply was, you should be because you're shit. <laughs> That was, honest to God, the comment that <laughs> he told a nervous 18-year-old schoolboy before his first premiership game. Now get up there and don't let your family down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it did, it did make me laugh that. at the time. But there, there are things, that, it was things like that that stick in your head that no one has the sort of, that no one sees from the outside and the moments yeah. in the change room after and before the game, you know, when boys are being sick, when they're banging their heads. I remember playing Sail Away um, you know, in, in the early 90s. I just said Enya. Enya, you know. Enya. Sail away, sail away. <laughs> Sorry, Mills. He's a bell I phased you. He doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. So you're playing sail away. Lovely changing rooms. Yeah. And uh, and the boys were doing a team talk anyway. So you know when they sort of gather everyone in for a huddle and Jono's just starting to rant and I literally jumped up out of my seat and there was this massive like pipe in the corner. <laughs> smashed <laughs> my head through this pipe. So you. Put me back down in the seat. I was like 19 years old and the boys just stood there and like, oh, I was just like looking at me heaped in the corner and then I got up. I got up and got back into the, into the huddle and Jono goes, that's it lads, that's what we need. Well, I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't know why he said that or what it meant. I think he was just trying to make me feel better. I just sat there like a little trickle of blood pouring out of my head. I'm so embarrassed. It was, First of many papers. It was, um, yeah. it was quite competitive though, wasn't it, when you first joined Leicester? You obviously had Neil back there. Yeah. Gustard. Guzzy, Will yeah. Johnson. Coza Pete, as well, yeah. Pete Shaw, Coza, yeah. Curry, Will Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Mate, it was, a, it was an awesome, awesome team. I always Cronfell thought, Will, I always thought Will Johnson was a really good player, actually. Mate, it was really. awesome. Proper, yeah. solid, like, really good player. team. Josh Cronfell like, was there for a bit as well, wasn't he? Josh was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Couldn't get in ahead of Mood Austin Backy, though, could he? <laughs> Keep it serious. It's like Frank, when you boys signed Frank Tournaire, like 80, 80 85 <laughs> French caps, couldn't get in the team because <clears throat> you had Daz Garforth. And actually, on paper, that's ridiculous. But yeah. no, when you've played against Daz Garforth for 15 minutes... 
I'd pick him now. Oh, mate, I'm, <laughs> pick I'm him machine, now. machine. Just someone else. I yeah. saw actually randomly saw him in Bath. So did I actually? Bath. Yeah, yeah. I think his daughter is at the. Yeah, he basically he basically he texted me and was like, "Do you know anywhere that his daughter lives in Bath? Do you know anywhere rent a flat off sort of yeah. thing?" And it got down to the point where I didn't, I couldn't find anyone that had a spare flat that was ready at the time. And I said to Alex, I was like, "I actually." this woman's been renting this flat off us in Bath for like, it's like 10 or 15 years now, right? She's just been there forever. And it was that she's most reliable, never a problem, fixes stuff herself, pays the rent on time. And I was like, there's this weird thing coming over me where I will kick her out to do Darren Garforth a (laughs) favour, even though we're not mates. And he was an absolute asshole to me when we played. He was just, I mean, you know, just vile, but... Mm. A great, a great bloke, it's a great funny, human like, being. It's funny, I, 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 I would have done it. I would have. She had, if she had let me, I would have done it. Isn't it you funny know? the different characters that you are there? Like the bloke that Darren Garforth, the rugby player, and Darren Garforth, the bloke too much. Yeah. He, he's a lovely human he's being, a lovely but bloke. A nasty, horrible rugby player. Shit, he was nasty, mate. I yeah. mean, he was, he was, <clears throat> he wasn't. He wasn't. You're running across the field and someone knocks you out from behind. He yeah. wasn't that. Yeah, he was. I'm going to look you in the eye and knock you out. And then I'm going to look you in the eye and knock you out again. And we I remember playing against you boys and we had Julian White who was new on the scene and he was rock hard and he ended up playing for Tigers for years and whatever. And it was the first kickoff and the ball went up and Whitey lifted Gruy. And, you know, well, you know you're playing against Whitey and Gruy. They're pretty tough boys. And you wouldn't necessarily start a fight with them. But Darren Garforth ran in from the first kickoff and the first thing he did was just swing a right hand from the kickoff straight to Julian White. Massive punch up. He just couldn't contain himself. Mm. He'd been told all week that Julian White was the hardest and he couldn't contain himself and he just attacked him on the first whistle. Yeah. Julian loved that, like, you know. Yeah. And the punches Whitey landed probably got him a contract at two, Tigers. The two hardest men probably ever to play the game in the front. Oh, shit, mean, yeah. they, they were amazing. We've had a, we've had a yeah, good question here. We, got, we had loads of questions in Ross. Um, Paul Harris on Twitter um, says, what was the session like on the Monday morning in Leicester after you had a punch-up with Tulangi? Twickenham. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you know what it was? Uh, it was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't a Monday morning because Mondays, you know, just waits and, and yeah. blah, isn't it? So we actually we all got me and me and Alex got called into the office, and and after the fight, it was fine because we were in the tunnel. Obviously, I'd lost my head a touch, and uh, and thrown about. But you were 30. mates as well, weren't you? Yeah, we were. Yeah, sort of teammates. Yeah, and got oh, on each other. Yeah, but you know, we shook hands in the tunnel. And it was uh, it was all done. You know, when you walk around that corner and you. And you got had been sent off for Twickenham. You walk around that corner in the tunnel. It wasn't like now where you got thousands of people, you know, around. There was just Alex Tuolangi. There's this just enormous shadow. This eighteen stone behemoth. Predator. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a scary, terrifying human being, really. Yeah. And I walked around the corner of the tunnel, and he was just stood in the middle of the tunnel, facing me. I was like, "Here it oh, goes again. This is going to kick off. My studs are really slippy. Should yeah. put trainers on. <laughs> but, yeah. Should put my shot put discus uh, yeah. shoes on." Put house key um, between your knuckles. But you wonder, mate, what <laughs> what I loved what I loved about it was that we wandered down there and it could have gone like it could have gone proper yeah. nasty, couldn't it? But actually he just stuck his hand out. I stuck my hand out. Little handshake, a bit of a cuddle. Yeah. And uh, and it was all good and we went up afterwards and it was fine, it was sorted. And then we come to training on Monday and the club called us in and they were like, Right, you two are Muppets, yeah, we know. Fine three grand, fine three grand. Oh, punchy. And yeah. yeah, I mean it was I mean, but do you know what I was I was I was properly gutted at the time, especially when I found out I was the only well, three grand, Englishman. three grand, didn't it? Oh no, sorry, yeah, that's not, not, yeah, <laughs> not about the three grand. I was gutted about that, but I was more gutted <clears throat> the only Englishman out of all. I mean, we talked about some nasty people that played the game, but I was yeah. the only only person ever to be sent off at Twickenham 
until Elliot Daly, obviously. That yeah, was, cheers, Elliot. That was, yeah, that was pretty happy that disappointing. Get him wasn't off. quite the same, oh, though, was it? I was, I was, yeah. someone out in the air. <laughs> Accidentally <laughs> ran into someone. No, the thing is, Shane, what the shame is, I was in the box with Mudos that day when Elliot Daly did that and Mudos was in the stand shouting, off, off, off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the, the games the games changed massively. Isn't oh it? yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I remember. Yeah, I think you still got. I think you still get a red for that, mind. <laughs> it's not changed that much. Yeah, we, no, we no, used, no, that's true. That's true. We used to hear stories about the Leicester environment, and it was like ahead of its time mm. in its sort of intensity and all that sort of stuff. But it was famous for it, and yeah, I'm guessing that with guys like we know Daz Garforth and those boys and Cockers and Nobby and those guys, there and Dorian West, they're tough boys and they don't mind a scrap and all that. Mm. But I always imagined that. Jono, a particularly staunch individual, but you lose your head sometimes, which mm. is, again, why you're mad dog and why you got all these caps and that sort of stuff. But I'm imagining that at some point you would have had a scrap with Jono. And did you? And how did it go? Well, mate, calling it a scrap is not a fair summary of what actually happened. <laughs> but <clears throat> we, we did. I mean, but you know, training at Leicester, Wednesdays were defence sessions. And that was the thing that I struggled with when I came to Bath because you know it was a, it was a lot more low key in terms of no full metal jacket yeah training. there was no yeah. no full bish and that yeah and having when you when you've grown up in that environment it's very difficult to disengage from it um but Leicester was synonymous Wednesdays was was defense session and, and it would invariably end in a in a fight somewhere or other and if it didn't quite frankly most of the boys didn't feel they were ready for the game at the weekend <laughs> yeah and um I mean I did so I did I came back from one injury and I've been out for a year with it, whatever it was, and and came back and and Alex Alex Tuolangi, who um, I was holding the pads in the second team, first team. John was running through plays, wasn't going so well, so he sort of pulled the boys in, gave them a bit of a talking to. So next next play, Alex came out, got the ball, ran through. I don't know five or six lads, sort of handing them off left, right, and centre. And you know the point of a pad is that okay, so annoying. I know, and he could have run through us anyway, right? Even if we didn't have the pads, yeah. it was full on. He but could have be run a through good us. lad and stop when you get tired. Yeah, <laughs> but so he'd obviously just got the bit between his teeth because he, you know, the team had, had had a dressing down with Johnny. Anyway, so I took sort of, you know, I, I. I I saw that as a bit of a problem and, and threw my pad down as he was sprinting off towards the try line. Literally, he was doing a Chris Ashton swallow dive over the try line. And I, it looked, it probably looked from behind like I tried to punch him, but I just, all I did was like punch the ball out of his hand because yeah. he was holding it like that. So I flew, punched the ball out of his hand so he didn't score, which obviously annoyed the tits off of Jono because they just, he'd just given him a roasting, right, let's make sure we get this one right and score. <clears throat> yeah. I've just, I've just scuppered that. And... Let's just say we had, you know, we sort of had a disagreement and Jono, Jono was like holding me with one hand and I was holding him, looking at him. And I'm only like 24 at this 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 time, looking up at Martin Johnson, who's six foot nine. And I don't know what either of us are saying, but, you know, it wasn't complimentary anyway. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and all I was thinking... That, uh, as what, is a, that, what is that cologne? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, I, all I was thinking as we were looking at each other was, I wish I hadn't held him with my right hand because at some point one of us is going to have to throw a punch. And yeah. if, and, and if I want to stand left. a chance, I need to get in first. Can't have then. an open hand slap. And have you ever tried yeah. throwing a punch with a left hand? I mean, no it's, point. No, it's virtually, no I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And uh, as I was thinking that, he punched me anyway, so I fell over. <laughs> <laughs> so like it wasn't a fight at all. Oh, it he was, just knocked you out. <laughs> yeah, you out. it was, was thankfully Alex's brother Henry Tuolangi was like stood between us at the time. So the only yeah the only reason I didn't hit the deck was because Henry thankfully oh, was holding on to me. That was that. that's actually a question from Liam Kenny wants to know the best punching around Henry Tuolangi is quite a good effort. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like driving Mate, a bus, but, isn't it? But the best bit about it was is that it 
I had a because I'd been out for a year. Actually, after that, it meant I was fully back into the session. I felt like I'd been anointed back into the team. Yeah, yeah. And Jono stuck his head in the change room afterwards because I can't really remember much of the rest of the session. <laughs> and uh, and he and he felt awful because obviously I'd been out for ages, and then he he maybe panicked. He 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 put me out for longer, but I was fine. I just. Yeah. And he stuck his head in it. He was like, oh, mood or sorry about that. I was like, don't worry, I loved it. I loved it. If I generally did, do it again if you want. It's insane, isn't it? The things that you miss. And yeah. I, but I loved, because in normal life, you don't have that element of physicality anymore. The competition, uh, you know, talking about pot plants with the missus, you know, it's not the same, is it? No, it's not. Going um, and getting a latte. Do you have a glass eye? <laughs> so, no, seriously. Mad eye, mad eye moody. No. I don't know. <laughs> we had a, a tweet from Les Hipkins to say, what does he do with his glass eye? That's not, that's not Danny Hipkins' alter, yeah, no, alter yeah. Les Hipkins. I got, I got, right. when, uh, when the old Harry Potter stuff came out, I do have a lazy eye. So when I get tired, I squint and uh, and my, my eye wanders. Oh, and does I, it? The mad eye. Mad, so you got, the okay, so you got a wandering eye. <coughs> the character, different. mad eye moody. <laughs> we've, had a, we've had a, a question from James Haskell as well. Yeah. This is sort of three parts to it. Um, four parts. Um, first off, uh, why are you such Did a nose? No, it's the dog snoring. Yeah. Why are you such a Why are you such a nose? That's <laughs> <laughs> the first question. Is, is, that, is that off the pitch or on the pitch yeah. or in general? Both. Just born that way. Um, born that B. Way. Why would you always go full on into non-contact sessions? I think you've answered that. <laughs> yeah. You haven't answered. Did you ever have an original thought, or did Jono put his hand up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he is a penis, isn't he? <laughs> and D. And, <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, and D. Did tackling um, with your face prolong or shorten your career? <laughs> Mate, he should know about it. He should know about tackling with his face. Um, yeah. He should I, be throwing he, stones. Do you know what? James Haskell is one of life's wonderful characters, isn't he? But, he is, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. To be to be yeah. fair, to be fair, he used to call me Leatherface because I did. I did make a bit of a habit of tackling with my with my face, but then again, I've never been, you know, knocked out by Danny Cipriani <laughs> carrying so the true. ball into him. So, yeah. and yeah. you still got a full head of hair, whilst yeah. his lid is three yeah. or four cuts and away Freddie from Burns nothing. Him out. Freddie's yeah. big mind, D- yeah. Big, Freddie two, Burns. Oh, it was Freddie out. Burns. That's right. Not oh, that Cipriani. Same, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Freddie Burns. I Freddie, mean, he, Freddie said to me before the game, "If Haswell yeah. comes anywhere near me, I will knock him out." He's a bell and I'll knock him out. He'd only been on 30 seconds as well. Yeah, like so the he, big he waited for him. Freddie waited for him to come on and he, ba- he bashed him. He said, Here comes him the big dog. And when Haskell came on, I told Freddie where I was sitting in like the media seats at the Rico. He looked up to me, he pointed at me and he did that throat cutting thing and pointed at Haskell. He's like, I'm going to do him. <laughs> and then he did him, knocked him out. <laughs> Mate, I was sat next to Freddie's brother in the stand. It was amazing. He was absolutely well, loving it. Yeah. They're good boys, aren't they? Yeah, the Burnsies. They are. yeah, yeah. Except that, Freddie. It couldn't have happened to him. To and you wear your socks up as well. It's not like a fashion. You know, style where you wear socks down like Haskell does. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, God. Yeah. Like a trademark. Yeah. yeah. Like Darry Morris. That's, that's, old, that's, old, Morris. that's old school, that, isn't he? He's yeah. Back I know those boys doing it now. Yeah, um, I, had to, some, couple, I had a couple of seasons where I had to wear socks down. Yeah, but you've got massive calves, they didn't though. fit over my calves. Yeah. So depending what so- socks we got from sponsors yeah. and stuff, it was in the end, I'd buy my own like £2.50 ones that were super elastic, like fit anyone. But I didn't have the sponsors in, so I wasn't allowed to wear them. So if the sponsors came in, Basically, the longer the sponsor, so remember at Saracens, it was like saracens.com. Yeah. And there was, because there's more thread being embroidered into the sock, it tightens the sock up, so I couldn't, didn't fit. FYI. He's quite a good one. Um, (laughs) Don't do that. Ed Hudson. player, big calves. Ed Hudson on Twitter wants to know best and worst roommate at Bath. At Bath? Yeah. Or ever, just make make that Yeah, I don't remember having many at Bath because I didn't last. Because you roomed on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Senior Um, player. Yeah. Best and worst. Uh, Worst. 
worst probably had to be Austin. Um, just horrendous. <laughs> Bed flipped. Um, oh, no. All sorts of weird. Bed flipping is where, you know, you're having a little rest and... Someone comes up and you know, tips you up. And, yeah, bed flips you. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, just what you want in between games. There's nothing you can do either. I mean, it's no. funny. In all fairness, I've done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember, it's not funny when it's you, though. That is the important you, thing to remember. I remember you um, in your time at Bath and when with Leicester, but probably about four or five times you've rochambeaued me in the bollocks <laughs> and whacked me in the nuts. But I got off lightly because I must have seen you do it to Gruy. 20 times whack, just, do you still whack people in the nuts when you, just for fun not, not as much not as much because my kids started doing it to me it um, hurts doesn't it yeah yeah. and Thank you can't really do it to pe- you can't really do it to mates outside rugby either because yeah, some of them no, don't yeah. get it yeah it does you're dropping the kids off strange. at school kicking yeah. someone in the nuts and behind there's really? so many things from the game that, that don't seem to cross over into normal life no. you have to find out like the gouging like gouging like gruy mate gruy mate I love gruy he was talking about roommates <clears throat> we had a we had a trip down to Bath and uh, and Gruy's like you know probably one of the hardest blokes yeah. I've ever played with if not the hardest and Julian White and <clears throat> I got on really well with both of them and surprisingly they were the two that I'd sort of target my <laughs> my cheap shots and, and and you know and and pranks on and I remember I remember hiding, I remember Whitey'd left his uh, Julian White left his uh, door open one day and uh, and I'd got a key to Gruy's room so. <clears throat> I, I went into Gruy's room first, opened the door, just like turned the lights off, hid in the bathroom. And uh, <laughs> as he as he came in, obviously like completely nonchalant, no idea what's going on. I just jump out from the darkness. You go, danger at the time. <laughs> Unagi. Like, yeah, si- simple, simple things. And like you've got Julian White and Dave Gruy, two of the hardest men that have ever played. But Gruy's reaction was absolutely amazing because he just, he literally screamed. and he? Fell, he fell into the cupboard, literally <laughs> fell over into the cupboard. <laughs> He's like rolling around. Oh, do you twat? And uh, I, did, I literally did. I, I was laughing so much. I sprinted out before he could get me. And then I went to Whitey's room and he'd left it open. And I called him just to see where he was. I was like, mate, do you want a game of pool? He's like, no, no, I'm going back to my room. I was like, perfect. <laughs> and uh, so the same thing, hid in the, hid in the bathroom, pitch black. Whitey comes in, he's on his phone. So literally, did totally it. zoned out. I was like, Danger! As I said the word danger, he literally turned at me with the evil eye, firmly gripped me around the throat and like <laughs> pile drove me back into the cupboard. I was like, who has a reaction like that? Yeah. <laughs> who has? How is that yeah. a normal reaction? Proper, oh, they're both properly are bloke. Yeah. Navy Seals. Proper, yeah. whatever it is, Type X, Y, oh, whatever. He's proper aggressive oh. alpha. You know, like, like yeah. with water bottles, you know, they've got like sports caps so you can squeeze it. Yeah. Well, I used to like pretend to squeeze at the boys and... Uh, <laughs> and it'd obviously be down and go like that. <laughs> yeah. Tend to squeeze and like re- react. I remember flinch. on the light on the Lions tour we were on whatever. And oh, um, wondered how long it'd be. I was doing it. <laughs> I was doing it to all the boys and stuff. And I was just walking out the room. It was like a social room. And Neil back was there. Went backy. He turned around, <laughs> squeezed it. <my> <laughs> <all> <laughs> <over him. laughs> oh, he love that as well. He love it, went, that. it went all over. His phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I felt so. I just walked off laughing. Would you ever see the funny side? Uh, and then I, and then I, had, no, I, no. I waited like five minutes. I had to go back and say, "Oh mate, I'm really sorry. I thought the top was closed." <laughs> I'm just trying to like make you flinch. It's a gag I do all the time. It's yeah. usually really funny. Back oh, in. I was devastated. Yeah, I think it's he'll wait, and then you'll you'll have a session about I'm three days later, yeah, and he'll probably survive leg. that. I'm yeah, yeah, I, I, it's because I went home injured, wasn't it? So he uh, felt sorry yeah. for me. Well, no, sorry. he probably had a Ouija doll. It's probably what got I remember. Me. It's funny because he's not one of the people that he was caught of athletic, small, athletic, mm. and 
you know, a good link player to decent skills and scored a few tries. And I, I, Pete Backey's not one of those guys that people mention when they talk about the hard nuts of Tigers. But I always mm. thought playing against him, he was hard as fuck. Backey, oh, like yeah, mega tough bloke. Yeah. Tough Obviously for, tough, but hard. I mean, tough know. for different reasons because he could just take an unbelievable beating and just bounce back up like a little yeah. rubber ball. He was, you know, he, he was athletic. He was also like, to be behind someone like him was quality for me as a young flanker. Oh, oh, and yeah. then when they signed like... Josh Cronfeld, you've got the two greatest open sides in the world at that time in your club. I mean, it wasn't great for my sort of progression no. in terms of <laughs> Good to watch getting like. games in. Yeah, he didn't play much, did he, Josh? Yeah, he no. Himself. Got a built-in season ticket, though, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> mate, he, he, yeah. he got injured. Josh got injured. Actually, his first game, he had like a heel, um, floating bone. So he's going to go out onto the pitch just before he went out. Couldn't Literally couldn't move his foot. So I, yeah. got, that was, I, I got in and essentially... Didn't let didn't let it go, but to have those guys and to see the two different characters, like Backy, really really disciplined, OCD with his preparation of everything, you know, because he had to be to, to make yeah. it. Um, whereas Josh was the polar opposite, proper relaxed, chilled out, did oh, things. Yeah. Talent. But to know that yeah. you could be the best, because for years I was drilled that okay, you got to be like Backy, you got to be like Backy. Put me in a room with Backy for for the first couple of years, and <clears throat> you know we're polar polar opposite characters. But so it was really nice for me to see that. You can you can be successful. You don't have to be one way or the other. You can do it your own way. So to actually learn off those two blokes was was one of the best bits Jack, of experience. Just talking about around. back row, Jack Bennett uh, is asking like, who would be um, your current back row for England right now? If well, they're if they're all fit, yeah, all um, fit, yeah. If they're all fit, well, no, no, not all fit. Say from Six Nations. Well. Let's do all fit first. Okay, fine. Yeah, because Billy then Billy gets to yeah, play. So Billy, yeah, he, he would play. I mean, he's incredible, isn't he? Big yeah, player. Um, he'd start. Um, Underhill, I really like. I really like Simmons at the minute. Yeah, he's great. But I also like, and and this will be really dull and boring. But Chris Robshaw, I think you know when I used to play against him, he, I never used to think he'd be an international. I just yeah. thought he'd be a good, solid club player. But what I love about our sport is that you give someone a chance and they'll either take it or they won't and he yeah. had that chance under Lancaster mate and fair play to him he's and he's a he's a he's a proper good bloke and you can com- I've got no problem comparing him to Hilly you know in in the sense that he's just a workhorse that he'll get through work and you need people like him in your team and yeah. I think at the minute I think it's really important that he's still there he's taking a lot of criticism as well as <clears> he has mate and he's dealt with it and he's just gone with it and he's I've never bounced back yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it, but it, all the work he does People say, well, it's only stats, but all the work, every tackle and carry he mm. makes is a tackle and carry that someone else doesn't have to make. Right? That's yeah. the point. So he's not doing work for the sake of it. He's doing necessary work, yeah. which gives other people who are perhaps more flamboyant and explosive and don't have the engine he has the chance to... So he's he's, he's, he's a six, works. yeah? Yeah, six. So, so if Billy's not fit, who's going to play? <clears throat> um, Nathan Hughes is injured too. Yeah, so I now would... you've got Sam Simmons, Zach Mercer... You got Courtney Laws. You got Rob Shaw. Courtney shouldn't play in the back row. Marrow, you don't reckon? No, they've tried it before. I don't know if you remember. He played six, and and he has. You know, Eddie Jones had a, has actually switched him and Marrow mm. during during the course of the last couple of Six Nations. But I think if you try and play a second row in the back row, you can do it at club level, but at international level, you just you're going to get burnt at some stage. Yeah. Um, 
I'd have, I'd have Simmons. Simmons at eight. I just, I just, he's got yeah. something different. He's not Billy Vinabola. Um, you know, he's, he's not, more footwork and power, he is, though, isn't mate, he? He's know? a proper little athlete, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. And he's going to bring something totally different to the game. Underhill, you know, he can be a big ball carrier. He can be a totally, you know, destructive the machine yeah. in the in defence. Which is, you know, that's what if you're looking for turnovers, you know, he can give you those in the hit. Not not always in the jackal. You can find him another way. Um, so yeah, but I, but Zach Mercer as well. I think I think he probably deserves an opportunity at Coming some stage. Coming off the bench, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think he does because he's been so consistent. Raw, his, isn't he? His work rate he's as well. Fantastic player, but yeah. he, he's got some good skills. He's got a nice skill set. But there's yeah. a load, there's a load of young kids as well coming through, which is yeah, quite tons nice of them. to see. Um, before we do any more questions, <coughs> just quickly, Shanks, um, Mudos rather. I just it's interesting when you look back at. We'll move on from we'll move on from the Leicester Tigers chat now. But when you look back at your time at Leicester, do you? You know, I don't know how you finished up at Cardiff, Shanks, but I didn't quite finish on my own terms at Bath mm. and my exit from Bath as a player wasn't handled perfectly and there was some, you know, got a bit political at points for no real reason because everyone was kind of friends and it's a long, boring story and it's kind of, it's, I guess it's kind of private really, but it, I look back and it, I still love the club and I've still got great mates there and that sort of stuff, but it definitely took a bit of an edge it took a portion of my love for mm. Bath away the way it ended because it just does, ends like that for so many people, but it just, I don't think it has to. So when you look back to the way you exited Leicester Tigers, was that exactly how you wanted it or does it take a bit of an edge off or what? Yeah, no, <clears throat> mate, I don't know. When I look back, there's very few players that have had the sort of fairy tale ending. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. And I, I was Shane know, Williams. He's the only person yeah, I know. Or John, yeah. I know. Yeah. John, John yeah. and Backy had their last game at Welford Road, you know, crowd was singing the name and Backy scored a try and yeah, yeah. Was Shane Williams you know he played at um, did, Australia scored a try against Australia's yeah, last amazing, game yeah amazing. I know and uh, Brian O'Driscoll you know some people get it and fair play to them and they are legends that we're talking about there um, you know I, I I only ever wanted to play for Leicester watched them as a kid started playing at 15 with the youth team whatever and then went all the way through and at 30 I got a phone call from Richard Cockrell when I was when I was still England captain sort of said come into the change come in come into the office tomorrow <laughs> at which point you know having never had that phone call ever in my career yeah. from Richard Cockrell you sort of knew it was like right um, so I, I prepared myself for a tricky conversation but never really expected to, to be released and, and just got the mate we, we're going to let you go it's not good news that was it it's not good news we're going to let you go and I was that's like that's it and at the time it was really it was, it was really difficult because I you know all of a sudden I've been released by my dream club, club I only ever wanted to play for. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I'd probably gone through a stale period the year before when I'd had like three injuries back to back and I was not enjoying my rugby. And I just got back into it, was loving playing and back playing for England. And then all of a sudden you have sort of the rug pulled out from under you. And, and you never really expect it because Leicester's always been about loyalty, family, club. Um, but it's now business. And, and in hindsight, I can look back and reflect on it and say, okay, look, I came to Bath, I played 19 games. Was I value for money for them? No, not in the slightest. You know, um, so would I have been value for money for Leicester? Probably not. But could I have been value further down the line? You know, probably definitely in terms yeah. of you know carrying on the the legacy of the club or whatever. So there was there was definitely um, there was definitely animosity, bitterness for for a long time towards the club, as I'm sure you had flats. So yeah, yeah. But um, and and I still I, th- I think still I harbour a little bit of that. But but you try you have to park it at some stage, don't you? Because yep. You know, life moves on. We're not rugby players anymore. It's a business. The game has changed. It's like moaning about a traffic jam, and it? it's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah, has a moan, but at some point, 
stop bothering and I absolutely loved my I absolutely loved my career I absolutely loved it you said I miss training I miss smashing myself into people I miss sometimes the pain of waking up and your head sticking to the pillow and and the sheets and the you've earned it you've earned yeah crawling to the toilet trying to go for a whiz yeah and you know I I miss I miss all that but I loved it but that's done now so you've got you've you've just got to look on and that animosity has to go you know and you know parts of your it, it maybe continued for me so that Leicester I left Leicester had a had a wonderful end we won the league beat Saracens but you know departure wasn't what I wanted came came to Bath really happy to join Bath because I didn't want to leave the premiership yeah you know it was a very different environment that I came to and that you know, I probably found it very difficult to get my head around and you know maybe there was a that I'd, I'd have done a lot of things differently now if I look back in terms of when I came to Bath and, yeah. and how I managed myself and how I dealt with other people and the situation um, but then the sort of departure from England as well, you know, that my last game for England was us losing the quarterfinal in, in the World Cup 2011 and, and all the issues that went on with that World Cup. So, and me being captain and, <laughs> yeah. and the fact that when you're captain, you know, and when you're coach, that the buck stops with you as it, as it should do. So It probably feels to you like <coughs> it's all your fault at that point or everyone's yeah. blaming you at that point. They're not, but it probably feels like that. But I think also you do, you, you, you take the responsibility because when you're a captain, you know, you have responsibilities and when you're a coach, yeah. you have responsibilities and you have to wear that. And I hope I hope that I've, you know, I've, I've been manly enough and put my hand up and said, you know, there's plenty of things I could have done better as a as a captain. Um, there's plenty of things we could have done better on that trip, but but ultimately we let we let ourselves down, you know, as as players. That was that was the most disappointing thing because we'd spoken about it endlessly. Mm. Um, you know, the person I I was really most disappointed for was Jono because you know, got the 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 bloke that's led us to World Cup glory, an absolute, you know, icon. I icon icon yeah. doesn't say it enough, enough does it no. yeah he's a hero yeah and you loved yeah. I, and you got to play with John you just there was something about him I, actually my, my kids watch for Ethan for some unknown reason he's obsessed with rugby not strangely he's obsessed with rugby but watching old games of me that's all he'll watch in the oh, morning really? he'll come down and be watching old DVDs I was like, I mean, he joins you when you're watching them yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, not that one again just rewind it hold on what was I doing there watch this hit boy yeah but, uh, but there was there was there was well, I can't remember when it was, but there was this picture of Jono and it was just him seething and scowling and and I just he was just such a great character and leader. It's just such a shame he's not involved in the game. That's my biggest, you know, regret. Really, is that he he's now not in, not in the game. Yeah. What? It's um, funny. When, sorry. When when did the start of the last World Cup the England, in London? The first. You're probably there at the opening ceremony in yeah. some. Um, 15 you mean 2015 yeah 2015 yeah. whatever I said so it's at Twickenham and the opening ceremony's there and we're doing the st- some of the stuff there and there's this they have all the World Cup winning captains that have ever won the World Cup on these pedestals in the middle of the pitch to finish yeah. the, and I'm not interested in Olympic ceremonies and pre-tournament ceremonies but it was really cool but this bit to finish it and they had all the World Cup winning captains so you had John Smith and whoever up, up there and whoever it was Johnny I was a cop member but they're all there and they're all and you know it's coming it's dark and they spotlight, they spotlighted, spotlighted each one in turn. They all got a cheer, and you knew they were leaving Jono till last. Mm. And they left Jono, and I'd heard rumours from various people that he didn't want to do it. He just wanted to stay away. Yeah. And in all fairness, that's not Jono's thing, is it? He would hate that <laughs> the limelight, but also in the middle he, of it. You know, a few years earlier, the last World Cup, he'd been dumped out, and it yeah. was horrible, and it wounded him. I'm sure, and a tougher bloke as he is, I'm mm. sure that wounded him and still does. I'm, I can't believe it how it wouldn't, but. They spotlighted Jono and he's just standing there, massive, holding the ball in one hand like he always did when he was walking out. And you saw a tear come to his eye and the, the crowd went absolutely mm. nuts. 
and to a man, honestly, I looked around. It was the most bizarre thing because we're just waiting to do a TV link and it's like, yeah, crack on so we can finish, get this, mm. right, this is what we're going to say, practicing our stuff. Everyone started crying. The people mm. everywhere, Durders and me, and but Bafes and everyone, everyone is there just in tears. It was the most unbelievable mm. thing. And there is just something, sure, for a Welsh bloke, it's not the same, Shanko, but for an English bloke, English bloke yeah. or woman, there is something about Jono. Mm. Yeah, and it, he's not my mate, he's your mate, but it mm. still guts me that he's not part of the game anymore. Yeah, just, uh, just to like bring things back now, you know, heads up, boys, heads up. We're well, in this together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's got so deep. Doing, it's so doing, deep. Yeah. Do you I'm have a, crying like a session. Yeah, I've just done God, a wee. So, I've, Jono. Um, I've just done a bit of do, you have a, um, do you have a favourite... Leicester game and a favourite England game that you look back now oh mate I struggle to with remember nostalgia <laughs> to be honest you know I, I do you remember it he doesn't know what rugby. day it is no. <laughs> mate honestly I, 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 struggle, I do generally struggle to remember any games I did my autobiography and going through that 202 any, Heineken Cup final <clears throat> if, if I had to pick one one game it would not be that one I actually didn't end up playing in it whatsoever it was one after wasn't it no one shows. before so two, yeah. 2001 I was on the I was on the bench and so we'd you know rather say arrogance or whatever we always saw ourselves as Leicester as, as the best team in Europe never to have won the trophy so we, we got dumped out in 97 um, then the following years we, we didn't quite get it right although we'd won the premiership sort of yeah. four times back to back we couldn't couldn't get it right in Europe 2001, we uh, we went and played Stade Francais at the Parc de France. So they played in their own backyard, which is supposed to be a neutral final, yeah, which is ridiculous. absolutely yeah. ridiculous. So they had advantage already, but that was like ammunition to us. Yeah, And it was wicked. And do you know what I remember is at the end, I remember being devastated I didn't get on. You spoke about Paul Gustard, he's now England coach. He, he, he was on the bench, he went on ahead of me. Adam Balding, Will Johnson, they all went on. Martin Corey started. I was sat on the bench, didn't get on the pitch, but it didn't it didn't matter one iota. I was still when the final whistle went, it'd been the most incredible game. Leon Lloyd scored oh, yeah. two of the most remarkable tries, yet wasn't man of the match. Um, you know, it's has yeah. gotta be the book. Travesty. Um <clears throat> but the the whistle goes and I I probably celebrated harder in that moment because I knew, you know, having been through the club and been a part of its Make up from the age of ten and sitting in the stands and, and then joining as a kid and and going through it and knowing how much it meant to not not just us as the players but the kit man was Cliff Shepherd who'd played like 150 games to the club. Right, yeah. The the physio was John Duggan who'd played like 300 games on the wing, world's best comb over. Yeah, and uh, and Pete Tom, CEO and chairman, Pete Wheeler, all guys that were inherently part of the club and being there knew what it was about and they were all in the changing room afterwards and celebrating with those guys and I've still got the ball now. And I didn't play a second of that game, but it's signed by everyone that was in the change room. Dosser Smith, Ian Dosser Smith, who was oh, my yeah. first coach at small. Matt's dad. At school, Matt's dad, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> Rory Underwood came in. You know, it, it meant so much to that club. So I suppose actually now thinking about it, when you put yourself back in the moment, that would by far and away, you know, outweigh any of the other games. I did actually play in and we won we yeah. won the finals and stuff. That was just to be a part of that was wicked. And, and watch Ben Kane nearly drop the trophy in the... In the French, whatever, what's the river in France? Seine. In <laughs> the Seine, he was stood on the on the little boat we had as a as a trip afterwards. The boys were drinking stuff out of it. He was having a picture, and it actually dropped out of his dropped out of his hands <laughs> over the side of the boat. But landed like in the bit below. Oh <laughs> my like, god! Could you imagine? Been gone for, I actually yeah. broke it as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> afterwards, I wanted to have a. How old was I? I think I was twenty, and I wanted to have a photo of Jono and Jordan, who was you know one of my closest mates at the club 
So we had it and uh, I went to take the trophy, got the trophy off Austin who just had the photo. And as I took it, he went to try and kick me in the, in the nuts. Standard. So I went to block it with a trophy and the lid fell off and the, the little gold disc on the top snapped clean off. <laughs> Absolutely oh, brutal. That's <laughs> all yeah. right. There's budget for that. 70 grand trophy. My bad. <laughs> so blue. sorry. Yeah. Anyway. It's not as, it's not as um, shocking as the day we were in um, Vancouver or Toronto Mudos in like 2001 or something on tour and we got to a restaurant and it was like, I've just remembered this now and it was like, lads, order whatever you want, a few oh. beers, a bit of dinner and you were like, right, I'll have the beluga caviar, please. <laughs> it was like, fuck And he got it and you had I've one little mouth you're it. like, that's fucking rank. And just pushed it to the side. Just left I'd it I'd completely side. forgotten about that. I, <laughs> Do you remember that? I just thought yeah, about that now. I'd, I'd never tried. I'd never tried beluga caviar. I thought I might as well. It's free, isn't it? Have that. Yeah, that's minging. Have it. When it, yeah, when it's free, you just order <laughs> anything. You know what? That Most was, expensive thing. I mean, that well, that was. I mean, I don't know whether it still exists, but you know, those those tours were amazing. That was one of Clive. It was Clive's tour, wasn't it? Yeah, it was tour, a cap tour, mate. Yeah, it was like during the lines, but it was a cap tour, so we were all getting capped. But the games yeah. that we were kind of definitely. Oh one was that? <laughs> so one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Canada, was America, amazing. And, and Clive, Clive just dispersed the the RFU card. You know, yeah, wherever it was, it was amazing. And as a young as a youngster, you know, going in, it was. You sort of stuff like that. You, you forget how privileged you are at the time when yeah. stuff's just being paid for. You get because it was obviously Lions, wasn't it? So I was in Japan then, and it was the same. Like, but obviously there's loads of Japanese were you with restaurants. The Lions in one, were you? No, no, I was in oh. Japan. Oh, I got playing. Cap- yeah. Oh, first cap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we go out to all these Japanese restaurants. This is before sushi became that popular like it is now. So no one really wanted it. Um, but our times have changed because we were like in TGI Fridays, mm. McDonald's, KFC, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frankie and Benny's. Yeah, you know the boys don't, the boys don't you really drink now, do they? Don't you know? It's all about very little aesthetics yeah. and, and performance. I suppose it has to be. They love get. drinking water. They love that. Love water. Yeah, they smash the water. Like the taste of their own mouth. But you know, you go, you look at it, and you go to Max Laheef's Instagram account, and you look at his rig, <laughs> and you think, I could give up beer. Still won't look like that. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> I mean, they are specimens now. People off. So who's it the day? A couple of days ago. Oh, I had a bloke round here. Um, the mate, I came oh, round. Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Darren came round, and uh, Darren, the window cleaner. And he used to play for Bath. No, he didn't. No. Right. <laughs> no, he didn't. Strange. Yeah, I know. Just helping the lads. Play for old corporations. Just seen Alex Crockett taking the bins out. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a wave. So he's around here and we were talking about, and he was like, so what do you weigh now, Dave? And 19 stone? I was like, yeah, a bit more than that, unfortunately. And we're talking about being out of shape, old geezers and whatever it was. And he said, who's in your position now? He goes, the props have always carried a bit, haven't they? I said, well, actually, have a look at this. This is Max Laheef rig. He's a tight and I was a loose head, but he, he plays my position. That's what they look like now. Mm. And it's five years ago I stopped playing. It's only five years. Yeah. And you're like, holy yeah. shit. Slimani doesn't look like that, though, does he? No, he doesn't. Slimani's the best in the world and he doesn't look like that. Yeah. He looks like a hobbit yeah. on steroids. And long may he, you know, long may he survive as the world's best. Uh, who's the who's the who's the lad that plays for racing as well? He's 133. Tamafuna, Mudos. Oh, oh, I mean, he is Mudos. I mean, I know I'm out of shape, but <laughs> they're saying that he's about my weight. No, he's not. He's 150 kilos if he's a kilo. He yeah. is enormous. They said 130. Program, right, 134. It? It's not yeah. true, it's, and that's what they've been told. But you go to various websites, and his weight changes. Like Rassing, he's 142, and there's like an old whatever it was. Uh, you know, uh, Pacific Islanders squad thing, and he's 155, and you're like, he's 300 kilos, I reckon. I reckon mm. he's 900 kilos. I remember playing against Twigamalas. Remember Inga Twigamalas yeah. at Newcastle? And you know, like before a game, when you're quite young, you're looking through the programme, checking out people's weights, <laughs> like <laughs> how heavy Ooh. they are. What were you Ooh. then? 12 stone? Yeah, probably like 13, yeah. 13 and a half stone, maybe. And I saw his thing, and he was like, 
14, 14 stone, 14 and a half stone. I was like, oh, that's not too bad. It's only a stone ever. I'll just use my power. <laughs> <laughs> when you actually come up against it, he was massive. Yeah. It was like 16, 16 stone He was about four plus. foot tall as yeah. well. Yeah. And, and, 16 and stone. brilliant. I remember going up there to play. It might have been a similar game, but it was one of my first games as, of men's rugby. I was 18, you know, playing for Sarries. And Mark Evans was our head coach, like director of rugby. And... Um, Evzy, or walk it, we're in the tunnel and I was doing something with the physio and Evzy just tapped me, tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, look at this. And he, the Newcastle changing room door was like open. It was swinging shut and he trapped it with his foot. And he said, that's your oppo in there. And Marius Herter, the Springbok prop, the best name ever, mm. Marius Herter was just getting his shoulder strapped up and he was standing by the door. And he looked then like Max Laheef looks now. He was massive, rigged up, veins in his biceps. And I was like, holy shit. And Mark Evans said, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, rather you than me. He slapped me on the back and walked out. That was it. Rather you than me. Like, yeah. I've a stormer. Straight in the hurt locker. Yeah. yeah. Um, we should probably tie it up now, Shanks, because we've all got places to go and people to see. We're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to bid goodbye to Mudos and then we'll, do, we'll have a little quick chat about the Prem and all that sort of stuff. But um, Mudos has got to go. He's doing um, Zumba with some of the dads from school tonight. So. <laughs> I love Zumba, mate. It's the Lycra. It's all about the Lycra. Yeah, he's going on. A, he's putting the Lycra on with some dads from school. So, Mudos, thanks for coming Cheers, over. Cheers, boys. Thank Thanks, you really enjoyed that. Loved You're it. a legend. Thank you. I guess bet the week time. Let's have a bet, Tommy. Okay. Um, I don't think we won last week, did we? We bet the Scarlets. Um, too long game. Scarlets obviously won by three points, but I think we might have gone five or eight. So Yeah. Sorry about that. Soz, um, soz kids. That Sorry was Dave's that, choice. Um, this week, we're going to be betting on the Anglo-Welsh fixture, Gloucester versus the Ospreys. If, only there, were, if only there were a highlight show you could watch that just summed up all the Anglo-Welsh action in one hour, in a convenient one-hour package presented by two great guys. With a Welshman and an Englishman? Ideally, it's Anglo-Welsh, Tom. Makes sense, doesn't it? <sighs> if only you could do it from Bath, which is near my house. Oh, we are. We are. Anyway. Channel 5, tune in. What Sunday night. Um, I'm going to go Gloucester. Yep. By four points. Right. It's at home. It's at King's Home versus Ospreys. Friday night. Gloucester by four points or more. That Noted. is our bet of the week. Noted. Terms and conditions do apply. What a lovely chap. Any nice, Mudos. Forget, Isn't he what, lovely? forget what a legend he is. Yeah, you do. Just, I've seen him for ages. Either. And he always, he always hugs his mates when he sees them. Yeah, I'm not a hugger. You're not a hugger, but I like his hugs because he's just so bloody nice, isn't he? Do you see, I got a hug. Yeah, you're not very tactile, are you? You're a bit like odd about that. <laughs> like, well, did you have just because I had to have a shower after? Doesn't, doesn't make me odd. <laughs> it's because you wore gloves to shake his hand. <laughs> hey, he's, he's a big bloke as he well. Is a big bloke, yeah. You forget. He lost. He lost. He would have lost a ton of weight, but he's a definitely. Good, yeah. I mean, he mentioned like what big legs I got, but did he? Well, I've got. Skinny, I didn't hear that. I've got skinny jeans on. Uh, didn't hear that. Didn't hear yeah, him say that. Because we weren't talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> it was really. In- I, I found that really interesting though, to find out what he's doing. All like unbelievable challenges. Yeah, he goes hard, but he always did. Yeah, and he always will. And I suppose that's like that's. That's what he's replaced, you know, going out and playing rugby for. And, yeah. and, and thanks to... That's feet. his new, like, you know, like people like Shane Williams, they're doing like Iron Men. Ryan Jones doing Iron Men. Yeah, me and Ryan and everyone doing Iron Men. I'm doing 
I just went to the gym this morning, did a CrossFit wad. I bought some new golf clubs. That was my midlife crisis. <laughs> five sets of five on the squat rack. Um, thanks to Fee Hamilton, Mudos' agent, because one thing we didn't really touch on, a bit we did, but Mudos is just the most wonderful bloke, but um, not very gifted administratively. Like, he's me minus about a million points, and um, and I'm not great. And his agent, Fee, sorted it out, so thanks, Fee. Mudos can't sort it out his own diary. He's just not... He's not. He's not above it. He he's not like equipped that. that way, is he? He was like that when he was eighteen, mate. He yeah. just can't do it. He's good at other stuff. Um, so. Better talk some rugby then. Results at the weekend. Now have to start on Scarlets v Toulon. Yeah, did a bit of corporate in the pub for that. Done did the railway in Penarth. Kai did it for free. Just had a chat with someone in there. Oh, what a um, man! Do you mean you went to the pub and? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we did some pub sports. Played darts and pool and everything. Yeah, you can call it a bit um, of corporate if you just go to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a bit, of, corporate. Just I'm doing a bit of corporate after this pod. Are you? Well, meeting two mates for a drink. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, love that game. Brilliant Amazing. game. And, the, you know, through the whole weekend, there were so many permutations, some results that needed to go team's way to get through. You know, it, was, it wasn't black and white who was going to yeah. finish in that top eight. Um, it came right down to Munster against, Munster against Cast. I it? loved it, though. Uh, you know, Toulon, I thought... Oh, I thought the Scarlet's going to win, but you're always wary about the European champions too long and the power they've got and the size they've got because the Scarlets don't have huge physical Heft. players Heft. Yeah. and brute, brutes, basically. you know, they, yeah. They're a skillful team that play high tempo, like to offload, keep the ball alive, very good at basics. But what a game. Yeah. Patchell's pass for the first try. The pri- yeah. It's like a 40-yard pass. Off the left. That's exaggerating it, but it was long, yeah. Yeah. It was about 75 yard. He passed it from one try line to the other. It's amazing. Overhead. Actually. Amazing when you think about it like yeah, that. Yeah, like Brady. The, the, the only problem is with these quarterfinals is that Scarlets are playing La Rochelle and they're my two favourite teams. I know. What I also like from Wayne Pivak and Stephen Jones uh, was the confidence they kept with Dan Jones at 10 because yeah. he went to Bath last week and he only came in because Lee Halfman had a rib tickler. Yeah. And... Lee Halfpenny had to sit for most of that game on the bench. Mm. Um, you can't drop somebody with You can't, like you that. can't. Uh, but it was a great game and it was close all the way. Do you know what's going to be a shame? Is not a shame, it's going to be great in a sense. It's going to be great when Wayne Pivak and Stephen Jones get given the Welsh job after Gatland. But it's going to be a real shame for Scarlets, just like it's going to be a shame if Rob Baxter ever gets the England job for Chiefs. No, you're right. I was, were you a little bit surprised Trindute didn't start at 10? Um, no, no. I, I've always I, liked watching him, but I, I've realised the last season or two I've liked watching him because he has he has magic in him, but he has a howler in him. He's like Clement Potrano, but he's in a position of more. Control. A little bit. I I, th- I think he's better than Bello. Um, but anyway, didn't matter. So no. glad they won. They're through to the eight La Rochelle at home. Yeah. Wow. Talk about two teams who've got a similar philosophy in the way they play. Oh, I'd love it. It's I'd like love, we were saying, like La Rochelle have got a there. couple of really small wing as well. You're talking like 11 stone sort of size. Mm. These which, days. Which, which just, yeah, these days, which is very small, but still shows you that rugby is a game of evasion and size does not matter at all. Well, not always. Sometimes it helps. Does um, Well, yeah, it does if you're in the front row. But they've also got Bottier in the back row, who's just an absolute dominator. He can play 12 as well. Absolute yeah. dominator. This is Someone about me. sign him. Do you know what I found a very surprising result of the weekend was what? Glasgow Exeter. Why did that surprise you? I thought Exeter going to do a job, and Glasgow got absolutely hammered mm. last week. Yeah. But 
Exeter what felt, a change. felt the reaction, didn't they? What a change in them, yeah. On the artificial pitch. The rugby they played was just, at times, was just breathtaking. I thought Tommy Seymour's try. Yeah, it's just amazing. Let's try the season. You don't see done. tries like that hardly done. ever, do try you? Try the season, done, yeah. Amazing. I thought Chiefs would go up there and win as well. Yeah. Um, but it's, there's a, that's, again, it's two, that's two proper teams, it's, that. And it's because Glasgow are pretty crap against Leinster. Yeah. Like Leinster just running through them the previous week. Yeah. Um, but it shows you what I can happen in Leinster, sport. I still think Leinster are going to win. Do you? <sighs> yeah. You know, I'd... imagine win you top seed and you get the eighth seed and you get Saracens as your quarter. But you, you look That's at that tough. Leinster team, you think right, they were so successful with Darcy, with O'Driscoll, with all these players. Heaslip, who's not, who's still there, but he's not playing. Brad at the Thorne, Rocky Elson, loads of great players like that. And you think right, how can how can they keep going and going and going? But they know, do. There's something about. The culture, the coaching, the behaviour. The academy. Academy. Players coming through. That's, so, that's, that's long-termism. Bit of a shock for me, but well, well played Glasgow. Um, probably written a few wrongs. Right and a, right, right. And a, right and a, written left. A, probably written a, wrote and a, left. written off, written off a few lefts. Ospreys. Steve Tandy sacked. Yeah, Steve Tandy sacked. Thing is though, boy, he couldn't quit because then he doesn't get a check being brutal about it. I know yeah. it's very sad. You can't quit that job. No, I mean... you get sacked and you get a load of money, it helps, you know? A lot of players like getting sacked because they get a paycheck. Um, they can go find another club straight away. So what they're doing is they're, they're getting paid twice. Yeah. Um, not not the worst thing to happen to you. Um, depends where he's going to go now. It's obviously... No one likes being sacked from a, a coaching... Um, as a coach, really, because, you know, where'd you go from here? Yeah, it's, t- it's a tough one. There's not many jobs out there for coaches, really, is there? No, no, like I was at, I was at Sarries Northampton the other day, and um, Northampton weren't weren't good, and it didn't work for them. They got hammered by Sarries, but Sarries really were quite special. Alex Good was quite spectacular. Owen actually. Farrell, Owen Farrell, and do you know what? It's funny because <clears throat> Nick Mullins afterwards said, "I think we might have undercooked in commentary Owen Farrell's contribution," and I agreed with him on Twitter. You're dead right, we did. We're kind of used to it, but I think he scored 27 points or something. But he was. He was fantastic. Alex Good, fantastic. They Mac, a couple, Mac over in Apollo, yeah. just outrageously good. And they showed it. Is he still not starting for you for England? Um, he is now. Okay. God, you changed your mind. Like no, I didn't. Joe Marler's banned. So, um, but also, Skulk Berger. I mean, the guy's just, the guy just does not fatigue. It's incredible. You see, you know, passages of play, you see him carrying like four or five times. Unbelievable. Easy, don't you? There was one where he carried three, three phases out of five he carried. A few minutes later, Mako carried three phases out of five. It's a joke. They're amazing. I think you saw it from uh, Bosch's try, how good Farrell is when he takes it flat. Like yeah. I was describing me playing touch. Um, just straightens up the line, picking out the weak defenders um, around guard. You know, people that get flat food, people that are ball watching. 55-year-old solicitors. And just ghosted through. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Forty-seven-year-old bus drivers, you skin them all, don't you? <laughs> well Accountants, yeah, well office done. jobs, just sit in the chair all day eating. Um, yeah, and Saracens are through as well. Yeah, through. Very interesting. And Wasp, that Wasp to achieve a bonus point on that pitch, which is just so awful. Like the Rico, it's so awful. Well done to them. I mean, they're they- going to miss Carr, aren't they? Number eight. Yeah. I think most teams in the world would miss him if he left. He's, he has been fabulous for them. I'm sure they'll try and get him back when his contract's up at the Stormers. I'd miss my car. Oh, I had this bloody... Um, I had this... During the Saris game, I was commentating on that and then they kept panning up to the you know corporate box or the bar, whatever, where Billy Vunapola was watching and he's obviously a rock star. 
with the Lasari's players <clears throat> just for an interesting shot. And next to him was uh, Telupo Falatau. And I just did, had a little joke and I said, hey, I, you know, I don't want to start any rumours, but he has signed, I said something like he's signed a nine-year contract with Saracens, that's why he's here. Clearly a joke. The number of people that tweeted uh, tweeted oh, me saying, no. no, he's still got a year left on his contract. This is outrageous. It's incorrect. As you are club, incorrect. As if a club is going to sign someone on a like, nine-year contract. Come on. Take, especially when they've got Billy. Why would you sign, sign Falatau when you've got Billy? Of course you wouldn't. And you've got Jackson Reagan. Anyway, anyway, it's clearly a joke. And like These just... For Christ's sake, people, come on. Not yeah. a contractor brought in to build a bridge, is he? No. A stadium. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, very good weekend of action. Should we have a look at the, uh, should have a look at the finals draw? Well, my, yeah, my favourite quarterfinal. I think the most, in, the most interesting, I think, will be Leinster against Saris. But I think the, hopefully the best to watch will be Scarlet's La Rochelle. Yeah, I think it will be as well. Mm. Um, the, the, I think the, there might be an issue... At the Scarlets, because I'm sure you have, it's either 14 or 15,000 capacity you have to have to be able to hold a quarterfinal. Yeah. And the Scarlets aren't quite there. So they're either going to have to get in some temporary seating or they're going to have to move it, which is a shame because I always find it strange when teams want to move away from their stadium to. For big games. For big games. Like you could, we've done it before in Cardiff at, at the Blues where we've moved across to the Millennium Stadium. Other teams do it as well. But. You're losing, your, you're losing a bit of your identity there and what teams don't like because teams don't like going to stadiums where there's not that many luxuries. It's quite cold. The change rooms are quite small. Subs got to get changed in the shower. You've got to get rubs. Got that's to get what, that's what Cardiff offered you. Yeah. yeah, a little bit like that. You know, you'd rather a team turn yeah. up to your stadium not liking it and turn their nose up at it. It's rather money, than, isn't it, boy? Rather than thinking, oh, this it's is It's just nice. cash, isn't it? Which so, is I hope the Scarlet's... It's easy for us to say don't do it, but when yeah, you're losing millions of quid and you own a club, it's probably quite reasonable. But... Um, I hope the Scarlets have it at Parker Scarlets and Lethley. I really do. Why don't they just take a few... Um, oh, I don't mean to like talk about certain brands, but why don't they just get a few um, Land Rover Discovery seven-seaters in and just line them up? They'll look great and they can eat, each vehicle can hold seven adults comfortably. Yeah, they'd, or they'd, yeah, they'd need a hundred of them. Yeah, no problem. Wouldn't need floodlights then, would you? you know, so, exactly. Those, those new... The new um, lights they've got, the LED solar pixel jobbies, are just, they're like searchlights, Tom. A little bit worried that there's only one Aviva Premiership team? No. Always gone on about how great the league is, yet there's it is. It's funny. one, it, two, three. There's th- calling me worried about it would be overstating it. There's, Have a look. there's three Pro I've, 14 teams. Owen, three Owen Slot's teams. tweeted a couple of interesting things at uh, Times Head Rugby Slotty. Correspondent. Slotty. And, um, is that what they call him? Presume so. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I'd call him machine. And he tweeted a couple of graphics. I'd call him machine. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah. And it's out of all the guys who toured with the Lions who have played the most minutes, and the top ten are English. So then you think, well, okay, that's quite punchy. So all the English lads are just playing way more rugby. And then it's like, right, there's another one who's tweeted. I think I retweeted it today. So have a look at that, folks, if you want. And it's how many of the minutes they've played. How many of those minutes have been domestic and European? And it's like guys like Sean O'Brien have played almost no club rugby at all. They're just basically resting for Europe. And I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me at all, but it, there is there is just no question that that is an advantage. You know, I remember playing against Leinster and we got spanked by them a few years ago over there for Bath. And afterwards, we weren't talking about, yeah, well, they rested. We were talking about they're just much better than us today, so that this year, so that that's fine, but... So it's not an excuse, but it is a bona fide reason. The guys are just playing, the English lads just have to play so much more rugby than 
some a lot of those other guys. So if you're looking at yeah, okay, fair point. If you're looking at these um fixtures now, these quarter final, who's your winner? Who's gonna win the tournament when you're looking at them right now? Leinster. Okay. Leinster are your winners, I reckon. Who do I want to win it? God, Difficult. I mean, I, I don't Saris know. That Leinster Saris game is good. <sighs> I'd love Saris to win it. Uh, I, know, I love so- those boys, but I'd love Lara Shell or Scarlets to win it as well. <sighs> I'd love Claremont to win it. You know, Scarlets win if Saracens win. You know, you wouldn't bet against them either, would you? Very good, though. Very exciting. Um, yeah, very exciting. We actually had a question from someone a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember who it was, but they're basically saying, has pro rugby and all the training and weights you've done given you any uses in your life right now? No. Nothing. Really? Nothing. For me, it'd be like run upstairs really fast because I can do like can you? four or five steps at a time, like no, bounding can't. up there like, your a, knees ruined. like a gazelle. No, you can't. It's short burst, mate. I'm not running the marathon. I'm just like bounding up the stairs like an impala. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, I remember um, when... Yeah, one of the lads lived in town and he had a little parking space outside his house and a couple of years back we all got back to his house and someone had taken his spot. He said no parking but there's literally nowhere else to park except at the wreck and then walked back across town to to his house. So he said we're going to pick up the car and move it. So we did actually, it's like an Audi A3 or something. We did pick it up and just moved it into the middle of the road and stuck stuck his car in. That's handy. You're like Franco Colombo from Pump and Iron. Yeah. (laughs) Do you blow up and pop a hot water bottle then as well? Yeah, yeah. So that's handy. Um, Do you know? Have you, have, there's, that, there's no. There's no practical use for being me, really. No. Have you ever? <laughs> have you ever? Have you ever read? Um, it is called. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography. Um, it's really good. It's named after one of his films. I've gone blank, completely blank now. Uh, not Pumping Iron. Not Commando. No. Um, Running Man. No. Not Twins. No. <laughs> Kindergarten cop. <laughs> Let's play a game. Who is your name and True what lies. does your daddy do? True lies. Anyway. Anyway. What's um, the point? I came home once. Do you it's really good. It's re- um, really good. Re- he was a he was a self made millionaire before he even got into acting through his bodybuilding and um, his he'd buy blocks of flats and do them up with Franco Colombo and yeah he's a super guy. Um, yeah. The uh, remember my old flatmate Duxy. Tim Ducks yeah. from Dulwich College, first team captain, um, lives in Miami now. Hi, Tim. He, uh, I remember he was my flatmate in when we lived in Islington slash Stoke Newington for a few months. And I remember coming home one day and I just heard in his room, I just heard this. <clears throat> and I was like, obviously thought something untoward was going on. So I poked my head in and he's super fit and an amazing Nick and always was. And he was just doing sit ups on a Swiss ball while reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's bodybuilding to encyclopedia, uh, bodybuilding, guys of bodybuilding encyclopedia, where encyclopedia of bodybuilding, naked. <laughs> he's just sweating naked, reading Arnie. Get and the motivation. Like, and he's like, all right, mate. So yeah, It's called Total Recall, okay? Total Recall. And uh, if you buy his audiobook, he starts off narrating it as well. Oh, brilliant. In his voice. Yeah, uh, cool. He's the narrator. Uh, um, we should we should stop now. Yeah, that's a really, really long, long part. Sorry, guys, but Moodos just... You might was, have done this in two parts. I, I think you'll agree... Um, not download it in two parts and do it more, but uh, I think you might agree that um, Mudos was fab, so it was just absolutely worth letting him run because we really enjoyed that. Some exciting news as well next week as we're starting our ITV podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
gosh, we are. Um, we'll make sure you know where you can download that as well. I'm going to properly um, and we, we carry on this podcast as well to talk about Aviva Anglo-Welsh. Uh, make sure you tune in Channel 5 Sunday night. See you Sunday night, guys. Ta-ra. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-Q for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.